0: Ethan Hawke eats people, a rapping kangaroo, and Marge hates mass transit this week on
1: 302010. 302010, 302010, for decades every show, sometimes associated videos. 302010, 302010, surprises and excitement, as yes, we're going to the 90s and 2000s. And 2010s, on 302010.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to 302010, episode 2, season 8 of... I'm only trying to say that for my own organization. Welcome to a newish season of 302010, our eighth year, starting in January of a new year, and New Year's means three new years. Uh, If you don't know, 302010 is the show looking back at all the great movie, TV, video game music, and more milestones from 30, 20, and 10 years ago, and we're looking at this week, January 13th to the 19th, and that means in 1993, 2003, and 2013. Ah, I'm not even tripped up yet. Hi, I'm one of your
2: hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me?
3: I'm Diana Goodman, and I also have dripped candle wax all over Willem Dafoe. Funny story.
2: (laughs) I'm J.R. Rawls, and my body is no different from a knife or a gun.
0: (laughs) Both Willem Dafoe references, I'm guessing?
2: I quite enjoyed the... I (laughs) I had to... Really hold back myself from saying, J.R. Rawls, I ain't for it, I'm again it." Or J.R. Rawls, I spent last night in a ditch. Or J.R. Rawls, I'm the best mono thingy guy there ever was. But I resisted the urge, people. Respect my self-control. Remarkable
0: restraint on J.R.'s part. Uh, shown this early in the episode. I, again, it's a weird week. A bunch of notable stuff. And I think perhaps the most notable is in television this week. Because you guys seem both very excited for it. So let's oh, just Oh yeah. But get... it's
3: January, so we've got uh, like some foreign films, some things going wide and some true
1: garbage. Just wonderful,
0: wonderful garbage. Wonderful Notable garbage, garbage. Uh, and some some interesting news tidbits obviously and I, I, obviously right at the bat we got to thank our patrons patreon.com/laser time. We just recorded an epic show about Superman, specifically Superman 2, both versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that'll be up Let soon. Let me plug it a little. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. No director's cut, or however you want to call those, is as different as the Donner cut is from the theatrical cut. None.
0: Yeah. Not I, I,
2: Peter Jackson's extended Lord of the Rings, not the much-improved version of Blade Runner, not George Lucas messing around with Star Wars no. Episode Four. Even that's not as different. Nothing. Not is even what Topher Grace fun. did. Ah, huh. Nope. <laughs>
0: And and not even, uh, I think there was like a, there was that exorcist prequel where they shot two different versions of the same movie, but that didn't incorporate the same actors and some of the same footage. This is truly one of the weirdest things to ever happen in film history. And we try and take you through that and decide, maybe help you decide which one to watch. And somehow this scratched an itch for JR to watch more Superman movies, which I'm just like, dude, you don't, don't do this to yourself. It's, it's just not a good,
3: baby. Oh man. Yeah.
0: Oh man, but we who knows we might you're,
3: get... you're done. They yeah. only made two.
0: They <laughs> that's what Brian Singer said, and whatever yeah. he says is sacrosanct. Anyway, moving on from that controversy. 302010, Patreon.com slash laser time. Tootsie, forty eight hours, sick of Star Wars, new VGA stuff. There's a lot of stuff hitting this week. We're getting through the backlog and hopefully getting you more, more, and more stuff. I think I want to return to talking about some new movies because I'm excited for that new Quantum Mania trailer. Anyway, 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 thirty, twenty, ten, January thirteenth to the nineteenth. Let's begin as we always do in nineteen ninety-three. First off. We got the uh, French, uh, like just a little bit of news to bring into the world of what's happening beyond pop culture. Not that I was paying attention to any of that in a non-SNL basis. French, British, and U.S. jet fighters launch uh, bombing raids in southern Iraq. President Bush, who will leave office, the next day directs the orders. Here, you clean this up. (laughs)
2: literally, the next day, and he's still giving the orders for the bombing raids. I mean... Wow, that guy <laughs> did not take a senior skip day. He was <laughs> he was working until the very end. I mean, That's... if
0: you think about it, his legacy has his legacy is an expiration date. So, like, I gotta fit, I gotta squeeze a lot in here. So, why not yeah, some? Uh, his war legacy prize?
3: was set, though, man. through yeah. the no, first I mean, person go War, that was his legacy. Yeah.
2: No, his legacy was that and the end of the Cold War. That's yeah. huge. <laughs> oh, is that over? That's the biggest geopolitical event of our lifetimes, period, full stop. And he had a huge role in that. Really? You think it's over? Okay,
0: <laughs> that's for well, another no, show. In
3: 93, it looked like it was over. Yes,
0: the, the coldest part of the Cold War. Uh, yeah. And then also, the Isra- Israel extends recognitions to the PLO.
2: So Yay. my social studies teacher gave us a lecture on this, mm-hmm. and none of us kids could understand, so why is this important? So they're just... <laughs> saying that you exist that's that's all they're doing israel is state stating that the plo PLO exists that's it yes and this is a big deal really okay teacher yeah all right
0: do they have any access to diplomacy no 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 nothing like that but uh
3: they're they're an organization and we're noting that yes they're an organization for palestinian liberation
2: yes good for them and uh Non-fun fact, uh, just about three years ago, uh, PLO, PLO rescinded its recognition of Israel that it gave at the same time. So they no longer recognize that it existed. So it, it, it didn't exist. Then Israel existed for about 27 years, and then it stopped existing for the last three years, according to the PL. call that
0: a microwave war. It's not cold. So, it's not hot.
1: So
3: who's shooting at them
0: then? If Israel yeah, doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't uh. exist. Gal Gadot. Uh, all right. And then, <laughs> and then a little bit of more fun news. I think for the first time in history, Intel uh, emerges as the leading chip maker for PCs. And at the same time, IBM posts a $5 billion loss, the largest loss in all of corporate history. That is is ten over $10 billion of today's money. A $10 what? billion dollar
2: loss. That is Zuckerberg-esque. Um, but... Uh. <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much of 302010, but in about two months, we're going to be talking about it's all about the Pentiums, baby. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just uh, this the real is, ones.
0: Every time I have a dumb question, I rattle it off, and JR kind of has an answer. What does IBM even do anymore than make Jeopardy robots? Because, like, their name was remember, you didn't even call them PCs back then. You called them IBM compatible computers to distinguish them from Macs. And I don't even know what they mm-hmm. do anymore
2: they make computers i mean uh they're not the monopolistic power they used to be but yeah. they're still a big company yeah and
0: i'm sure that they're huge technology networking like a bunch of software i don't use because i don't have a normal office anyway moving into movies of 1993 uh january 13th to the 19th th- something is right with the world because aladdin is back at number one of the box office huzzah it's so
3: the- weird <sighs> the, 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 the last Two and a half months it's been it's Aladdin and a few good men just going back and forth, the back and forth. They've been out for months.
2: That never happens in 2023, ever, ever, no, ever. It it uh-uh. did though. It did with uh no. Wakanda forever. It yeah, it did.
3: Yeah, it, you, you're one or two, one or two, and then you drop, and that's it. True. Creep back, you don't creep back, you you don't creep back in the, the number one. Leave. But then
0: you know, judging by the movies that are out this week, we might see why. I would say not ending Madonna's movie career, but ending a phase of her movie career. Uh, no, this
2: was the end of Madonna, the movie star. Maybe this is the last movie. But we still, have, like, we still have we still have a we still have a Vita. Yeah, and, and, we still have a Vita. We still have a Vita coming. But that's I feel about like it. that was the comeback musical right and yeah it's quite, and i feel like that, it's madonna the musician mm-hmm. starring in that film not madonna you the know what actress you pulled it yeah. out jr
0: i don't know if you had that in the barrel but that's a great distinction she is yeah, playing a musician the, the, and she can do that she's singing no yeah.
3: she she has no spoken dialogue in evita so mm-hmm. it's not as hard as <laughs> this wonderful basic instinct knockoff. oh I love how bad this movie
0: is. Yeah, I forgot this existed, yeah. but this is like you know not too hot on the heels, but right after her sex book, Madonna is at her most provocatory, and th- she
2: had to plan this like a military campaign. Yeah, man, she had the sex book already, and then a few months later, she got the sexy sex movie. She's got lewd videos. She's my-
0: got she's got naked pictures. She's got an in depth like candid documentary, and then boom, I have my own what do you what you might call it nine and a half weeks ripoff uh basic instinct ripoff sorry there's too much murder it's in here
3: completely a basic instinct ripoff body of evidence with willem dafoe and a ton of good actors who all have said they regretted this joe mantania and oh, yes. archer julianne moore especially says this was a huge mistake for her Jurgen proc now
2: oh
0: my she regrets these yeah. nude scenes so, and i feel like half the movies i love with julianne moore she's nude in but doesn't like she hated this experience
2: Uh, now madonna at the time of this movie's release is 35 years old Mm -hmm. and as a guy in my 40s yeah people in their mid 30s can absolutely be sex symbols but in 1993 i feel like that was more unusual for women because this is totally the madonna sex movie and Mm -hmm. you know i feel like for nineteen ninety three, it's a bit unusual. Maybe you're describing
0: why people didn't show up because, like, a ton of people no. bought her music video on VHS for like for like you know nine bucks a piece, but didn't yeah, bother she, to show up here.
3: She's still she looks amazing because the movie's bad. Oh yeah, yeah it's, all it's horrible. All all of the advance notice was this is a giant turkey of a movie. It is embarrassing all around. Even if she's doing sexy times sexy stuff, who gives a shit? I can see that elsewhere. Like this book I just bought. It, it, I don't need to watch this.
2: The the most damning criticism I can give to this movie, this is not the worst Madonna erotic thriller of 1993.
0: Dick Tracy? No. What?
2: Um Yeah, we've got another coming down the okay. pipes. I'm not going to spoil it for our listeners. Okay. There is a second Madonna erotic thriller this year.
0: And I recommend what? I recommend but I I majorly recommend looking at clips cuz I'm not a good judge of what women should find sexy because, like, I would not have predicted Michael Douglas. But Willem Dafoe has a kind of <laughs> stretched intensity that is just, dude, this is really off-putting you in this movie. Holy shit. Courting this younger woman, it is, yes, yeah, super, I never blink in full smile the entire time. Oh, my God, it's creepy to watch so don't
3: yeah it's like it works in a Lars von Trier
0: movie
3: really well (laughs) if he wants to get his dick out there everyone's fine with it yes
0: (laughs) in a horror movie it's fine
3: yeah exactly uh but oh yeah so this is uh Madonna is accused of fucking a guy to death basically to get his money (laughs) and then uh Willem Dafoe is like hired as an attorney and there's some incredibly Bad courtroom stuff. Like, I would love for a trial attorney to go over this. Like, that's not evidence, <laughs> and that's a mistrial, yeah. and that's inadmissible, and that guy hasn't been sworn in, and that's this would have got this would have got just look at a guy in the gallery and be like, is that right. what he it said w- right? And he nods. He's like, oh, case dismissed.
0: It would have gotten thrown out of the court and sent of a woman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you want a lawyer to lawyer this movie? Great. I want a BDSM coach to Ooh. uh pick through this movie because there is one point when I am sure that Madonna pours wax on William Defoe's dick yep. and then fucks his waxy dick yeah
0: mm. free condom <laughs> that doesn't sound good <laughs> free condom uh, it's like it's like condom uh, and viagra all in one it's awesome you got to try it uh, <laughs>
3: Yeah. Mm. Sorry. Now now you Uh, got little bits of wax up in there. You gotta That's what I'm saying. The wax
2: would come off. Candle wax isn't that hard. It would just flake and get all up in there.
3: Exactly. You just find it in your underwear two days later. Like, oh, fuck! That, uh, <laughs>
0: this is about God. as graphic as we've ever been on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
3: well, that's, that's not even... I mean, there's there's a couple... Like, the scene where, okay, they're in a parking garage. She climbs up on a car, smashes a light bulb, so now there's broken glass on the hood of his car, and then fucks him against it. <laughs> it's just like, everything is going wrong. No, no. Your life has gone yeah. wrong if you're watching this now. It's like, this is... I'm waiting for you know some kids with their shopping to come in like oh it's so much fun going to the hot topic and oh my god!
2: Every <laughs> character in this film, including the twelve-year-old boy, can think of nothing but sex. I'm mm-hmm. dead serious there. The twelve-year-old mm-hmm. boy brings up sex and then is never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Nice choice, movie makers. But uh, this was filmed in Portland, Oregon. Now, I say Portland, Oregon in 2023. You think hip, cool city, uh, maybe some riots, but still. Fred Armisen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1993 Portland is like, if I say Des Moines, Iowa in 2023. Okay? So Mm -hmm. having Madonna come to our small northwestern town that is jealous of Seattle was a big deal. And the Oregonian, the local paper, had a contest at the time saying, send us your pictures of Madonna. And to my internal pride as a Portlandian, they received three pictures of Madonna and about 1,000 letters saying, this is beneath you. We are not a bunch of hicks. What are you doing encouraging paparazzi? Oh, wonderful.
3: Oh, well, good job. Yeah, but... yeah. Oh no. I love it. I feel like it takes place in Portland solely so someone can have a houseboat because you know someone's <laughs> getting shot off of that houseboat. Yes, it's. Someone's getting going off to blow up and railing.
0: someone a stuntman yeah. is going to get paid good money to fall into the river.
2: Well, be, be back. Beginning Hmm. scene of this film takes place in the Pittock Mansion, and the Pittock Mansion in Portland, Oregon is this, we don't have many tourist attractions there, and it's one of them. And it's this old mansion built around the turn of the century, and it's like, this is how rich people used to live. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: Uh, yeah, it looks kind of like your brownstone, but not sliced up into eight tenants. Yeah. It, it, all right, all right. we could, we should move on. We have a uh, left talk. yeah, yeah well, body just... body
3: of evidence. It, it just because it is so dumb and bad from beginning to end. I, I I think it's a good, bad movie in that it is one. Get some bros Watch it with yeah, some it's, it's, it's your bros. It's a great
2: off. movie. It's yeah. a great bad it's movie. It's got a and, Shout uh, Factory
0: uh, Blu-ray release, I believe. So they
2: <laughs> have acknowledged <laughs> it. Yeah,
0: Bless them. Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, watching yeah. this film in the current year, it just really gave me uh, the health goal that this year I'm going to lose more weight, get buff enough that I can use my body as a sex weapon.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. He <laughs> shoots sex instead of bullets. It's great. Uh, and then speaking of body as a weapon, Joss Ackland, yeah. Ted Levine, uh, Kieran Culkin Rosanna Arquette and JCVD himself Jean-Claude Van Damme and Nowhere to Run Who are you? A fugitive came
1: to a family in need My friend To a woman who lost hope They want your land He gave his heart I'm going to give up my home To a boy who needed a father You're going to stay? He gave his friendship Sometimes even an outlaw can become a hero Jean-Claude Van Damme Rosanna Arquette Kieran
0: Culkin. Wow! A Robert Harmon film. Read it I didn't. Kieran Culkin gets a shout out in the uh, before the title of the film. Holy shit! If, go, yeah. yeah, you know what? Have all the Pepsi you want, Fuller. You've earned it. You're you're a movie star now.
3: <laughs> Speaking of Basic Instinct, this was originally co-written by Joe Esterhaus yes. and Richard Marquand, the director of Return of the Jedi, and I guess it was a <laughs> little more of a sensitive small town look because it's about uh, a bank robber who gets busted out of prison and he hides out next to like this family farm where they're being threatened by the big mean oil company and then he stands up for them and it's like guess what i've seen this when it was an episode of the incredible hulk with bill bixby yes this is so (laughs) fucking dumb and then they took this and oh poor joe Asterhaus and richard we were so sad they're like oh they made it stupid and actiony for jean-claude van damme and it's like what did you expect?
0: <laughs> what did you think yeah, this was gonna yeah, be?
3: it's stupid.
0: Yeah, and, and I like if, if go watch the trailer so I can make this joke. I'm gonna tell my kids this is Lorenzo Lamas and Renegade because that's what that's it's what most of the footage shit. looks like. It, uh, is it is the same. Shit. It is what it is what 90s Republicans thought was cool. Nowhere to run. Not recommended, yeah. even though it's apparently no. it's got some cult status in the JCVD community.
3: Yeah, as being like, oh, this is like a real movie mm-hmm. that they're putting him in instead of just building something stupid around Jean Claude Van Damme. This is an existing script, and we're figuring out a way to put this guy in it. I okay. know. Okay, that's, that's a good way to do things. That's
0: a good footnote, but doesn't it disappoint both JCVD fans and fans of good movies at the same time? <laughs> like,
3: uh, then... Yeah, okay. I well, I mean, come on,
2: this film was designed to be shown on cable for the 5 years after it yeah. came out and then be forgotten. That's mm-hmm, that true. was its goal in life and I bet it succeeded at that. True. And then it's not really streaming anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And 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 again
0: I hate bringing this up. I think this is the first movie I bought on a previously viewed blockbuster sale. Um <laughs> And I don't know why, because uh, the biggest movie of the week, Ileana Douglas, Bruce Ramsey, John Hames Newton, Josh Hamilton, Vincent Spano, and of course, Ethan Hawke. It's alive. Either we're saved or we're dead. There is a
1: place beyond fear beyond pain beyond the very limits of human endurance a place where the human spirit gonna save ourselves becomes the most powerful force on earth
0: this is the true story of 16 of the most courageous people you'll ever meet and how they (laughs) stayed alive. alive alive i watched this so many times and for me this concludes the uh Early 90s plane crash trilogy of Fearless, Hero, and Alive. Both, all of their box art looked the same. I oh, don't know if that we was we haven't a different...
3: had Fearless yet. No, oh, I thought this we did. is the Empire Strikes Back of of Oh, okay, things.
0: okay. But, uh, I
3: think Fearless is next year, 94?
0: This is the one that has roots in something that actually happened. The You Are Gain, Um Look, no <laughs> one likes Simpsons references now. Jesus. Uh, the, <laughs> the flight that crashed in the Andes in the 70s... Uh, a harrowing is a way to describe it. Uh, watching it now, it seems, at the time, this was the most graphic plane crash footage I had ever seen oh, in a film.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in The Simpsons where Homer is going, Marge, you're afraid of flying? Well, let's watch Alive and mm-hmm. Hero and a couple of <laughs> other ones. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In 1993, I would say this is the best plane crash of all time. It, you know, it
0: is. Does it's- it? It's not so much it, it, man, I I grew up on like mad magazines and comics and the idea of a castaway situation, someone crashing in the ocean and getting on a, that is impossible. That almost never, (laughs) ever, ever happens. This is horrible because like, yeah, the, isn't it the majority of the deaths, occur? the majority of the fatalities involved in this crash occur after the crash. It's yeah. people struggling yeah. to survive in the Andes, in the cold blizzard, sub-zero temperatures of the Andes mountains. During an, where an avalanche occurs, it's mm-hmm. just it's just ridiculous.
2: Yeah. So I yeah. would I will say that the plane crash really doesn't hold up well in this film, but no. everything else does. Okay. Everything else yeah. is a pretty yeah. I I, I yeah. thought it was a decent covering of a survival situation. They're cold. Yeah. They're ripping a power. They're ripping apart airplane seats to make coverings. They're hoping they're they're not leaving the crash site, which is what you should absolutely do. But it turned out to be the ab- absolute wrong thing to do in this particular instance.
3: Yeah, well, that's the problem is... <laughs> I, I love that the movie just gets right into it. We we start on the plane. And they explain, they're on a rugby team. They're going over to Chile for a match. This is fun. Yay! Fun times. Six minutes the crash starts. Six mm-hmm. minutes into this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's all we needed to know. There's yeah. people yeah. on a plane, and then the plane crashes. We understand that. But well, they I crash think... uh, way way the fuck up at the end. something like 12,000 feet. Um, and it gets to 40 below at night. And... There is nothing alive up there. There's no plants. There's no bugs. There's no, you're you're fucked. And because it's supposed to be just a short little jaunt. No one's got cold weather gear. There's no food on the plane. And then it's just into really, really sticking close to what sounds like what actually happened. Yeah. Because some survivors wrote books about this afterwards. And it's like, one thing that they left out, though, is Ethan Hawke's character. He gets hit on the head and he's unconscious for three days. And then he woke up and he was okay. Um, he he had shattered part of his skull and could touch his brain.
1: Whoa. But
2: Jesus. But
3: because the the temperature was so low, it prevented swelling.
2: Wow.
3: wow. And that's how he was okay.
2: Jesus. Uh, yeah. yeah. From what I was able to read, for Hollywood, this is as good as you can get for Accuracy, sticking close yeah. to an actual actual Hmm. historical events yeah yeah but you know i really think plane crashes are intrinsically interesting because almost everyone flies so Hmm. on some level everyone knows that they could be in a plane crash someday so if things go wrong that could be you in that situation. Oh, it excites
0: me to no yeah. end. It's like what a great uh-huh. way to go, like on the best ride in the universe. Not, not, not uh-huh. to doom anybody else in the plane with me, but every time I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, this is about to get interesting. That's what I think. If I survive, it'll get even more interesting. Um, uh
3: no, I watched this movie, and yeah, my husband doesn't like me talking about it because, uh yeah, just about every couple minutes it was like, and that's the point where I give up.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, oh
3: no if i survived that part eh,
0: you know what nope. I mean,
3: that avalanche that's the point where i give up i'm just gonna sit outside and wait to die
0: i or thrive fine. in chaos i'd like to say i'd make it a l- but you're right the amount of things i've given up on <laughs> that could have really helped me i don't know how long i would stay alive uh, all
3: right Nope. that's uh, we have one sleeve of crackers and, and some chocolate for 20 people uh, you know what? I'm just gonna sit here in the snow and die.
2: I'm the guy who and eats then, them all no, when you're asleep. Then, then you volunteer to try to make it down into who knows what, because mm-hmm. maybe you die on the attempt, but maybe you get help on. Yeah,
0: the and attempt. who knows what? At least maybe isn't so. isn't a hundred thousand feet of snow. <laughs> so I yeah.
3: Well, yeah. that's one thing I, I liked about the movies. they get into the psychology of like yeah, plenty of people are just like fuck this, I'm giving up, and mm-hmm. other people being like you're not allowed to give up yeah. because you yeah. have people who are waiting for you who already think you're dead and you got to try for them it's like all right now that argument would work for me or like we got to stick together the only way we survive is if we all work pull our loads okay that works too but yeah the the big thing that everyone remembers about this story in this movie is the only way they could survive is to eat the dead and and i'm surprised they waited that long
0: yeah, I know you kids are screaming yellow jackets at us, but come on, this was mm-hmm. this was a real story and happened first and I I once again did ask my pilot uncle about yellow jackets and even then it's a little hard not to be able to triangulate a plane crash especially over like America. Yeah. <laughs> so like but but this is the 70s in the Andes. Yeah, man, this is fuck. They were fucked. Like all hey. people could go out and, and, and look through a blanket of snow for something that looked like a fuselage or a shirt. And that was, that's all they had to go on. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's white. The plane mm-hmm. is white. Mm-hmm. The wings and the tail have both broken off. It's part buried in the snow. You're not going to see that. Yeah. Even if, yeah, you did. And then it's like where they are, it's so hard to get to. There's, you got a helicopter in and yes, they, you know, send out teams in different directions mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to get out of there. And it's Really hard because also remember 12,000 feet, you don't have oxygen, man. You can't exert yourself.
2: No. uh, I mean, I've gone up a couple of mountains skiing here in Denver. And, you know, that's when I'm fully prepared and ready for it. And a couple of times I'm like, oh, this is really hard. Yeah, And that's Mm -hmm. just like 9,000 feet. I can't imagine another 3,000. And
3: you you have enough calories. Mm -hmm. You're not living on starvation. yeah. Yeah. So yeah i mean i i was I had never gotten around to watching this movie, even though oh. like I know everyone I knew saw it back in the day i I was really impressed by yeah, seeing how they follow the story very closely and faithfully, mm-hmm. and they don't cut out the religious aspect that you gotta turn to like either either your're God help me or fuck you God, how could you do this to me? but mm-hmm. like they pull together like with Catholicism kind of helps them get through it, including even the eating people of like God wouldn't have left these dead bodies for us if he didn't want us to eat them so that we can survive so that we can carry on. It's like the sacrament.
2: Yeah. Like, if if you study survival situations in the broad general sense and look for macro tr- trends, the biggest determination of who survives a really, really bad situation is usually belief. You have mm. a belief in something. You have something to live for like i i will push through this for my kids i will push through this to write the novel about this experience i will push through this to help my community rebuild after this disaster i'm gonna see the next captain
0: america movie
2: sure (laughs) yeah uh but the people who don't have that belief in something they're the ones who sit down in the snow and die I feel like yep.
0: I feel like I'm being specifically seen here. Okay, but <laughs>
3: yeah, which I mean, we uh, obviously we got to ask the question: A, would you eat dead bodies? Of course, and not even a question o- for me. Would you be okay with people eating you? Uh, if, yes. Now, oh my they're god. They're not yes. allowed to kill you to get right. to get food.
2: So long as they don't
3: happen kill to die. Me, if
2: yeah. if we are in a survival situation like yeah. this, so long as you do not kill me. I would be pissed if you did not eat meat to survive. Yes, yeah, exactly. If I'm take dead, give my me- my calories to survive.
0: Give me the 100%. necrophiliacs on pay-per-view. I don't give a shit. Like, because <laughs> I can't. And <laughs> but
3: Yeah, no, do it, take it, take it. But here, here's the Absolutely thing, like- I, I mean, that's why I want to donate every organ and my skin yeah. and my eyes and everything. I want to have a fucking yard sale because I don't need it anymore. I didn't, but you yeah. do-
2: I didn't I'm need- an organ donor. It's very easy. Just cl- check the mark on your driver's license, everyone, please. You, you will save a life. Just check it.
0: I've watched this so many times. I didn't feel the need to watch the in in, in, in its entirety. Mm. The, here's the weird. Th- the weird thing was like, wow, I've seen whatever genre this is. I've seen it done a lot more and like seemingly a lot better. But the reality is this is real and Lost isn't. And Yellow Jackets isn't. It's not real. But they try and heighten the reality of those situations. And um, I think this is accurate enough. It it coincided with a documentary about the event. And that is included on most of the DVDs. I think even the 20th anniversary uh, DVD of this film. So worth a watch.
3: Yeah. I also appreciate that, like, there is some not sugarcoating of stuff. Like, yeah, there's some people who are just going to be annoying. Yeah. Just... I hurt and I'm tired and I don't want to work. Fuck you. Leave me alone. I'm going to whine this entire fucking time. It's it's going to
0: be (laughs) shitty summer camp and there's someone's going to annoy you. Yeah,
3: that's one of those things I always worry about when it's based on a true story. Is like, no one wants to look bad in their biopic. <laughs> so you figure they're going to clean everyone up and everyone's going to be super heroic and brave. And it's like, no, some people are just like, no, God, uh, I don't have shoes for that. I fell in a crevasse and my arm hurts and I don't want to. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, that guy was
0: a real coward. That
3: <laughs> <Some laughs> guy died too. a shithead, <laughs> But yeah, no, alive, I was, it was like, wow, that was... Harrowing, See, but was, still really good.
2: It was my first time watch of this. So uh maybe I was going in with fresh eyes, but I really enjoyed it and it's a definite. It, it
0: really, really helps knowing it's real. Because like I feel like I've seen people like trapped in a plane crash. What are they triple frontier? Like a bunch of bank robbers get stuck with their money on the on the mountain. Like you've seen this happen before in movies, but this is real. This happened. These mm-hmm. people survived while a lot of other people didn't. And the yeah. people who didn't help the others survive. It's a fascinating story. What, one of, I think, our species' most fascinating stories. Um, worth worth a watch. Yeah.
3: yeah. How how you react to something so extreme.
0: <laughs> yes. So can...
3: it, it says a lot about a person. And, yeah, my reaction. Look, I'm hypoglycemic. I can't make a, a day without eating. <sighs> so let's just save everyone the trouble. <laughs> you just start eating me now. Eat
0: me <laughs> I produce my own cheese. Eventually I
3: will die from that and maybe I'll eat me and that'll keep me going. I don't know.
2: (laughs) I will say that we are also getting into the start of Peak Critic. You know, (laughs) this is the area when practically every single movie. Yeah is going to be referenced in the if play. i
0: haven't said it the critic made me feel like all these movies i'm watching when i'm coming of age are way more important than they are by referencing them <laughs> and me watching the show for like eight years and reruns over and over and over again is the critic clip we got
2: oh i thought it was no, no, it's the but Simpsons. i was mixing up my uh animated cartoon shows from well, 1990. Look, you'll get. To, we'll get to talk so, about it in a
0: second. Let's get into TV, speaking of which, because we got to keep moving along. TV of 1993, uh, what is it, July 13th through the 19th. Uh, Fox finally expands its regular primetime schedule to seven days a week. The network celebrates by premiering two dramas on this Tuesday, and I remember all this so fucking vividly, because I was well, a Fox, Fox boy. Well, Fox was
2: proud of it. It yeah. was like, we're a real network, y'all. We... <laughs> broadcast seven days i week, saw yeah? the yeah? promos
0: for these two shows one hundred thousand times tuned in on a premiere i'm like what the fuck is this i don't i like the simpsons i don't like whatever this is <laughs> including class of 96 <coughs> class of 96 uh starts this week
2: <coughs> so class of 90 1996 or class of 96 feels like it's the most 80s thing ever I I skipped through the first episode, and it was like, "You guys are really going for an '80s vibe in this." And play the theme song, and tell me if that doesn't sound '80s to you?
0: On an all-new LA Law. Oh. (laughs)
2: Oh my God! Do we keep going? What, whatever you want, but with a class <laughs>
0: of nine to six, not to be
2: confused with the heights. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, this is forgettable. It was not good then. Mellow,
0: dramatic. Oh my God! But it's Fox trying to corner that youth demographic that a lot of the networks have sort of abandoned. Everybody's parents, yeah. everybody's career based. Yeah, uh,
2: it's it's all the backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know all the backgrounds, meeting at college, dealing with all the typical college things and doesn't do it very good. As oh, far God, as I the
0: treating know. drinking, like it was a disease. Like, Oh God, I heard he was drinking in college.
3: Uh, whenever We have so many of these after 90210 and then Melrose place. It kind of mm-hmm. makes me amazed that, Dawson's Creek actually survived it's, it, because it should have just been another one they, of these, man.
0: They tend to be buoys for new networks or uh, people. Uh, they, they do. They, they target a demographic, not typically targeted by the biggies. And also this this, this day, I think it was like Tuesday, uh, Key West,
2: even less yep. memorable. So this is magical realism, the TV show. So huh. the setup is a factory worker wins the lottery and decides to move to Key West to become a writer like Ernest Hemingway. However, uh, things are strange in Key West, and wackiness and oh, yeah. happens. Have you ever read uh, uh, One Hundred Years of Solitude?
1: No. Didn't
2: have to. I lived. Okay. It. It's 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 got that sense of it, and uh, the uh. arc words are the end of the world. Um. It's it's trying to be different. I will give it credit. I watched the pilot and I was like you're not typical for 1993. I'll give you that. Yeah.
3: All right. I think we're trying for northern exposure vibes then. If we're yeah, doing magical probably. realism. Got a good yeah. cast though. Fisher Stevens, Denise Crosby, Brian Thompson, Jennifer Tilly.
2: Yeah. He's got people's? Yes. Lots of bikinis too. Yeah, of a big location
0: shoot, which is, you know, doesn't always happen. And Have either of you ever been to Key West, dude? Nope. Don't embarrass me in front. Of, I'm from Florida, and my dad's been a thousand times for work, and I've never been. There's a tons of his friends You've live never there. Been? No,
2: I've been to Key West. Um, it's it's a tourist town. You know, mm-hmm. do you want to see Hemingway's home? It's there. Do you want to walk five feet from one bar to the next bar? You can do that in Key it West, is, and
0: it is it is one of those towns that. You might have to describe to your children because it is having a really rough time staying alive. They're going to have oh, to, f- really? yes, they have to find a way to raise it, like raise most of the town very, very soon to before it ends up being underwater on a regular basis and underwater permanently by the time your grandkids are born. Um, Yay!
3: Someone yeah. save all the Hemingway cats. And that's uh,
0: all I care about. In television news I did very much care about this week, David Letterman announces during a press conference that he'll be moving his late-night program from NBC to CBS come August 1993 as he runs out his NBC contract.
3: Oh yeah, going head-to-head, baby.
0: Yeah, let's see how he does this with class, I'll bet. Uh, I never dated Amy Fisher. (laughs) I fixed her car. I helped her with her homework. I never laid a hand on Amy
2: Fisher. (laughs) I love Letterman. (laughs) That's how he opens his press conference. he's He's a funny guy, but I've been mulling this over, trying to think about the late night wars and why they captivated America in a way that, say two movie stars going after the same role has never captivated Mm. america in even remotely the same way and those movie stars are objectively probably more famous than david letterman and jay leno but we don't care about it and i think the reason why both late night wars really resonated so much is because of intimacy yes okay these are people millions of americans have seen five nights a week. For 20 or 25 years, and you get that daily intimacy going, you feel like you know these people, like it's not just a star.
0: Statistically, people watch these shows in bed while fucking. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I'm not kidding. These are actual statistics from late night talk shows back in the day. Like they would watch this in the bedroom. It's beyond intimacy. And I, I remember like talking to uh, another content. No, hot dad. The guy makes our theme song and he was, you know, I'm a Patreon, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, it sucks. Cause no one knows who you are. And, he, and like, he's like, yeah, but they, you know, I'm, I'm getting no, I don't, I don't mean no one knows who you are. I mean, you're bugs bunny. Whereas like I am David, like I'm talking to you every night as me. Like that's my job. I get to plug my Patreon because like, Hey, I want to eat. You have to be a funny guy and you don't get to turn to the camera and say like, "Watch me tomorrow," or like, "Look for me in my next movie." David Letterman tells you to tune in tomorrow night, every single night, and 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 people fall asleep to this. And it, it's it's not a character; it's a real. It is a kind of a character, but it's a real person. And uh, and and yeah, this is. I think you're right, Jr. It's not. It's not so much a career thing. It's like a big public breakup. Like somebody, mm-hmm. somebody dumped somebody for somebody hotter in the situation. And there were more people watching David Letterman than there are any talk show, I would say, on any network combined now who felt fucking jilted by it. Why wouldn't they? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well,
3: I mean, some people, like, there, there was a lot of concern of, like, oh my God, yeah, they, we have competition now because we had the Tonight Show and then it was nothing, pretty much news on every other Mm -hmm. channel it was you know nightline that kind of thing and then okay so now leno and letterman are going head to head a lot of people concerned like it's could competition up everyone's game or could it ruin everything because they might be going for lowest common denominator i know letterman fans were really worried that he's not going to be weird anymore that's that. what late night was about. Yep. That's why people, you know, love like Conan or Seth Meyers or you know the late late shows because that's where shit gets weird. It's like, oh, yeah. he's gonna be boring now.
2: Well, you know, uh, it, I don't doesn't... know. I don't know if he would have been allowed to be as weird on the Tonight Show as he was allowed to be no. weird on his own show. I I exactly. actually think
0: I actually think, I think that,
3: it ended up being the good thing.
0: I think that is a little silly. I think you can be. More than anything, they should want something new and different format wise. However, there are way more requirements for an 1130 show than there are a 1230 show. And the people coming on have real priority shit to promote. And it's not just mm-hmm. Dr. Ruth and goddamn Joyce Brothers that you can goof <laughs> on, goof with. Uh, it's more serious. And I would say, like, I fell in love with Letterman on this show, but when I saw clips of his other show, like, wow, this was weirder, Like, admittedly, oh, weird. way weirder. Chris Elliott alone. Uh, oh my God! Weirder.
3: Chris Elliott giving his reviews of dog foods. <laughs> yes, Chris chugging an entire bottle of Wesson oil.
0: I think Conan maintained his weirdness, his silly, his silliness the entire time on all shows. He, yeah. he did,
2: but his late his Tonight Show ratings plummeted.
0: They did when their lead-in started to suck. Yeah, mm. <laughs> sorry, we have a whole lead- anyway. Santa Barbara, the show ends. That show started in 1984. What? The fuck yeah, is Santa yeah. Barbara? A short soap
2: run opera. for a soap, honestly. You know, compared to General Hospital uh, that began on radio, uh, Santa <laughs> Bar- Barbara had a really short run. But uh, you know, <laughs> a
3: short run of two thousand yeah. one hundred and thirty-seven episodes. Yes. Yes. Yeah, It's no, it's no passion. It's short. Long episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but uh, the only really notable thing I could find about it is it was the first american program to air in russia after the fall of the soviet union
0: Uh, don't give them our good stuff it'll make us look too shiny uh and then also this week a wonderful wonderful episode of mystery science theater 3000 and by that i mean um i believe most of the cast has stated like this is actually like a good movie this is it was just a cheap movie made in some scandinavian country in a foreign language I
3: think it's, fin- it's finnish yeah but and it's... i will remember that to this day because uh i was once at a trivia contest and they actually asked something about the kalevala and what country it came from and i knew that the answer was finland based on watching mystery science theater yeah. and Everyone stared at me like, "How the fuck did you know that?" And I was like, "Hey,
0: day, the, the day the it's earth it's
3: because I'm so well educated."
0: <laughs> it's because <laughs> the day the earth froze. I, what they say is one of the best movies they ever watched on the show, and it is it is yep. captivating. It's a it's a well made, great special effects fairy tale, just yeah. produced in a foreign, their... obtainable, and from a foreign country.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's a traditional fairy tale from their you know Gr- their version of Grimm's fairy tales, the Kalevala, and mm-hmm. it's. Yeah, it's got some cool effects, you know, and um but it's also just like weird.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, uh in this movie, Joe and uh, Joel and the bots argue over what a sampo is. <laughs> yes. But here's the thing. In the movie that they watch, they actually explain what a sampo is. It's just that Joel and the bots are arguing while they are talking about that. Now, do you think that was an intentional joke that <laughs> Joel and the bots were just clueless, or did they really not catch what a sampo was?
0: I think that it's it said so much, so much that you can easily. I don't even remember what
2: the fuck it is. And it's, and, it, and a
3: sampo. It's, well, the witch wants it really bad, yes. and that yeah. guy's got to well,
2: make her one. Uh, Joel and the bots have a comment on that. Let's play their clip. Well,
0: to be honest, everybody, we don't know what a sample is. Not a clue. If you know what a sample is, <laughs> write it on a piece of paper, throw it away, and then try not to think about it. You'll be glad you did. SAMPO <laughs> SAMPO. I believe the person posting to this day on the it was MSC3K.com for a while. The official the unofficial fan site is still Sampo. That is the person's nice. name.
2: Uh, but I, I love the line, you know. If you know what a sampo is, write it on a piece of paper, throw it away, and forget. We you should say did that.
0: they call it out the same way they call it. Write to us with a real address, and instead of a real address, it is what Tom Servo just said. Throw it away. Yeah. Don't bother us. But it's interesting to see that, like, they, I remember I've read all the. They have all these th- resources to look up what they, and we're talking like before IMDb. These people are smart. Mm-hmm. They have like Lexis Nexus access and all this shit. They really couldn't find what a sampo was. Like any any English. Definition for it, uh,
2: while they were making the movie, yeah. and it also started with one of my favorite shorts of all time. Here comes the circus! Here, oh my uh, god! Yeah, oh god, they're doing it clown style! Okay, okay, we got to go. There's still, there's still so much
0: great. Television to talk about uh, on Saturday Night Live. Madonna is on in parodies Marilyn Monroe's happy birthday, Mr. President. It's happy inauguration, Mr. President. And on the same episode, she imitates Sinead O'Connor. His actions earlier this season, ripping up a picture of Joey Buttafuco here.
3: So, no. who's a bigger villain, Joey Buttafuco or the Pope?
2: T- the Pope.
3: <laughs> I
2: think <laughs> so. I mean, I think so. It, it's a, the difference between Scale. Uh, selfish evil and systematic evil. Mm.
0: Mm. And ignoring sure. or propagating more anyway uh moving on to one of my favorite things ever a christmas episode debuting in the second week of january ren and stimpy son of stimpy or Stimpy's fart as it's sometimes known <laughs> premieres in it this was fucking infuriating if you remembered how it premiered because mm-hmm. nickelodeon did not want this episode And Nickelodeon had produced the Nicktoon blocks for kids, and then you know got their Nielsen's in, and like there are a lot of adults here, so MTV started airing uh, Ren and Stimpy, and know what? This wasn't promoted. This just happened on like a fucking random day. They ran every episode of Ren and Stimpy in a row, followed by this unseen allegedly not safe for a Nickelodeon episode on MTV. And the whole fucking school was talking about it. <laughs> and I can't tell you how infuriating it, 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 it didn't air on Nickelodeon for a year for a year. It wasn't, Jeez. it's, 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 it's a uh, air date. Wasn't like it was, it was never promoted. It, I think it may have happened again, but on MTV, it didn't air on Nickelodeon again for a year. It was spoke. I, I like, Look, I, I, look, I'm not saying... Again, this is not me being nostalgic. It's me being angry. Like, having to hear about this episode and having no idea what it looks like for years, for a year, yeah, for over well, a year.
2: The basic problem is the creator of Ren and Stimpy, who I'm just going to refer to as some asshole, uh, some <laughs> asshole had really bad management problems. Yes. Um. He, just because you're talented doesn't mean you have the skills to manage people or a deadline or make sure the corporation is running smoothly. He had none of that. He had skill, but he didn't have any people skills or any managerial skills or any organization skills as far as I can find. And he kept falling further behind Mm -hmm. and further behind. And that's why we get a Christmas episode three weeks after Christmas. And in as little as one month, his name, some asshole, is going to disappear from all future Ren and Stimpy cartoons.
0: And remember, he's not fired for the stuff we would eventually learn about him. Nope. He's fired for, like, you're ruining this phenomenon with with your
2: delays. (laughs) He was, I mean, a basic schedule of getting things done on time. Would have probably made Ren and Stimpy a cultural juggernaut to this day, and it's pretty much a dead IP, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah,
3: you Gen X nostalgia for it, and that's about, yeah.
1: about
0: it. They appear in ensemble Hot Topic shirts, and that's about it. I got them all over my house, though, and I love Son of Stimpy. If you haven't seen it, a great Christmas episode, Stimpy's fart <laughs> comes to life. It's oh, it's it's the network hated it, a because it started a fart, but b it is. The gayest, or like at least the most couple portrayal you've ever had of Ren and Stimpy, where one is the mom and one is the dad, and they sleep in the same bed, and they, one rejects their son and the other one, oh, no, you gotta take him back,
2: Ren. And, and It's all about a fart. Yes. And this is some asshole's uh, word-for-word statement on this episode. I purposely made a cartoon that used some filmic tricks to make people cry just to show that it's not hard to do. And I didn't have to shoot anyone's mom either. I made people cry over the fact that Stimpy couldn't fart for a second time. I went out of my my way to make the story have the most pretentious plot events in it, everything to undermine the seriousness of Stimpy's depression. Besides the mood tricks, I relied heavily on Stimpy and Ren's acting, the drawings and their expressions and their interactions. A lot of films will ignore this part of the pathos recipe. They rely on filmic tricks and contrived story points. So that's how he made you care about a fart.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) also this week, Batman the Intermittent Series, we have the episode Harley and Ivy. Yeah. Good Lord, what that would go on to inspire.
2: Yep. This is huge. This is the birth of the ship. Most famous Lesbian or bisexual relationship in comics. On again, off again, yeah. Yep.
3: And it starts out, this is a Thelma and Louise joke. Yeah. Just parody mm-hmm. Thelma and Louise.
0: Because I, uh, yes, Harley, I love it. Harley is not in comics yet. This happens here yep. first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this, it's amazing just because if you've watched the new Harley Quinn show, like Ivy's still around and they're together, they're not together. I haven't seen the whole show, but I've been told. Yep. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: That's good because, you know, they, they, they work together well but they also they're very different and sometimes it comes into conflict of you know how do you want to destroy the world but also keep the plants alive you can't destroy the whole world harley come on so i need my plants to live come on yeah and this is just about them uh realizing men suck and let's just go fuck up some all boys clubs and steal all their shit because um i'm sick of their crap i love it so much
0: indeed, oh. indeed. and then lastly in animation and possibly biggestly. Um, the monorail Simpsons monorail. Monorail. Monorail.
1: monorail, 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 monorail.
0: Oh no, don't. Um, Martin versus the <laughs> monorail, uh, hits Tell Hits Fox. Uh,
3: I am a million years old,
0: yeah. Written by uh Conan O'Brien, even you know, Who? Yeah, I know, I know, but it's like it's one of it's... two or three episodes solely credited to him. You know, the Simpsons writing a lot of people pitch stuff, and one person is assigned to cobble it all together, so I. It, but I think it was the first, it was the second time they got him for a commentary on the DVD. Conan was cool enough to, like, do whatever version of Skype in from New York and talk about making this episode. And the commentary track is nearly ruined by people fawning over Conan because they basically <laughs> have the eventual host of The night Show on their fucking commentary track that 3,000 people will listen to. Oh,
3: mm. do they fawn over director Rich Moore? Because I they should. think he... He deserves so much more credit. People need to know that freaking name. I remember seeing it on The Critic, bringing that one back. And, like, yeah. And he made Zootopia and Wreck-It Ralph since then.
0: hmm Yeah. Fantastic films.
3: He's really, so, like, some of the best, most visually interesting Simpsons episodes end up being rich more.
2: What is your best estimate for the number of times you have watched this specific episode? <laughs> oh, God.
0: The fourth season is kind of... I feel like it's the best in and, and, and maybe like but I also got I mean
2: I have to resist listeners putting in the Simpson every week. Seriously. It is a literal act of will. I have to go, Well, that's just an A, not an A plus. So I can't really put it in, but damn, I want to.
0: I, I honestly am like mildly baffled at the fandom around this because like I've never hated it. I've always loved it. But I I love a lot of other episodes in the season a lot more and I just didn't I thought I thought I remember watching it and like well this is this is kind of a weird one we were introduced to new characters a thing that they're going to have to explain in this city of Springfield well, this
3: has is have future. you ever watched The Music Man
2: yes yes I had okay mm-hmm.
3: I feel like that helps
2: <laughs> here's what I'm gonna say this is the future of the Simpsons kind of yeah. this. Is the future this is what the Simpsons become? Yes, okay. This is not trying to be a grounded family cartoon show. Yep, this is not uh caring about logic that much. The (laughs) character, this is the first time that the Simpsons straight up break into song. You know, they've had musical numbers before, but this is a straight up. The entire town knows the lines to this song that theoretically they've never sung before, and they're all doing line step dance. The ring came off my it. pudding can. Oh. Yeah. Take my pen, my <laughs> my, my good, good man.
0: man. Uh, yeah, it, that and um, one of my favorite things about this era of The Simpsons because it was. Uh, I'm glad it had a couple seasons of being really grounded, but like once you're a nerd and you know all the, all these tertiary characters, I love the town of Springfield freaking out. <laughs> getting excited over something stupid. It's awesome. Town hall meetings all day. Thank you.
2: So my estimation, I think I've seen this about 20 to 30 times. Somewhere in that that range. It,
0: it falls right in that. It's why I hate people like, this is the good seasons of The Simpsons. And like, And Are these also the episodes of The Simpsons that fell in line with the show being a worldwide phenomenon slash being early syndication slash mm-hmm. first like third year of DVD, yes, they are. Yeah. You have been en- yeah. you have endured these episodes way more, th- and like, I, but I I can't help myself. Season four is wonderful, and so is this episode.
3: Yeah, yeah I think but, I've seen this probably close to a dozen times because mm-hmm. there was a period of my life later where I basically had three channels, and yeah. one of them was the one that did a three hour block of Simpsons reruns <laughs> every nice. day, and so. Yeah, there's a lot from say season four through th- season seven that I have seen way more I've watched, than anything yeah,
0: else. These episodes so much I kind of only watch them with commentary because okay. they're, they're just I have
2: them memorized. I there's nothing new or funny about them at this
0: point. <laughs> I've seen them so many times.
2: Yeah, so in my twenty to thirty times, I don't think I noticed. There's a lot of filler in this episode. Yeah, I only. <laughs> it on this rewatch i mean the plot does not move along that fast i mean they they get the uh money and then it's a lot of time killing Mm -hmm. and uh, then they're building the monorail and then it's a lot of time killing before marge discovers the secret and that's over in about a minute that's
0: watching it, it early on i'm like this is going this is one of the weirder episodes i've ever seen i like it but, I, but standing where we are now, where this is a bona fide classic, I never would have predicted that, because this is so strange. And The Simpsons <laughs> doesn't introduce new characters very often, but that weird doctor character, I never should have stopped for that haircut. <laughs> but we get introduced to Ogdenville, North Haverbrook. Uh, I put yeah.
2: them on the map. Yes. <laughs> yes. Leonard Nimoy, Bitey, away.
3: the opossum mom. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's, if yeah. I had to pick a single line out of this, I'm sorry, it's, I call the big one Bitey.
2: I love that, and I've used that in real life a couple of times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yep. I'm a fan of possums. I love them, but none of them have bit me, at least. That's nice.
2: That's because you you haven't put your hand near them, right? Don't ever put your hand near a possum because it will a, bite you. Yeah, I've, I've, I've walked put close hand to near one. near a
3: possum. It's never tried to bite me. They, oh, you're they, insane. Just, hmm. they just sort of hiss and have their mouths open looking like they're screaming, but they're not. You're they're insane. just kind of
1: going, eh. But they're
3: yeah. the best. You can't get rabies from them, so don't worry about it.
0: Uh, widely regarded as one of the best Simpsons episodes ever, ever made. And I think Jr. is kind of correct, kind of dictating the tone of where the show would go. Like, we should really...
2: Because it see,
0: James L. Brooks' is things like, th- do not make this a cartoon. And this is the show, like, this yeah. still has to be a cartoon.
2: It's not the Homer Goes to the Space episode. Yeah. It's this episode. This is the one where Homer can get any job in the world, no consequences whatsoever, and he can have... Wacky adventures in time, and then that's it.
3: Yeah. Is it, is it and then not? no one mentions it ever again. And then maybe yeah. they make a reference to it. They made a big reference to it this last season. This last season of Simpsons has been really good, by the way, but they have had a ton of format breaking episodes. Oh, yeah. And they had a Westworld episode that leaned heavily on how many times you've seen March versus Monorail. And it was pretty funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. Wow. Why. I, I want to see that now.
0: Oh, this, yep. this, they show good ones. they show the husk of the monorail a lot in later seasons because, you know, they're catering to our nostalgia rather than like yeah. working with animation on a budget, which they still were back in the day. I don't know why, but my favorite line, like, we need to fix up that pothole in Main Street. And I love Charles Bronson, everyman, blue collar worker, just goes, whoa. And <laughs> as his truck <laughs> falls into a bottomless pit, whoa.
2: <laughs> <And> <laughs> see, my. Look. My, I think this has my favorite ending gag to any Simpsons of all time, That's and that game. escalator to nowhere. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Hey. And, and, yeah,
0: and yeah. yes, enhanced if you've seen The Music Man, you should should see. I didn't know what Wells Fargo was until The Music Man, <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know how people haven't the seen.
3: it. The wagon is coming, mm-hmm. and pool
0: is evil. And, uh, all right, we let's, let's close it out. Cause we've gone way long on this video yeah. games of 1993. Actually,
3: you know, a, before we get to one last thing, I don't think I've ever seen a good parody of the music man since then. I think everyone's just huh. bothered, not bothered. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Montreal kind of nailed it. It's been, it.
0: Eh, it's no. been covered in a parody that like, no one was really asking for either. Nope. No. Like I saw this in chorus twice. I've never seen it on television. I told my mother, she knew what it was. I never saw this aired on regular television. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know if it was a Stone Cold classic. I just saw it really early because of school. Uh, and moving on to video games, 1993, uh, January 13th to the 19th, Shadow of the Comet on PC.
2: Uh, this is a Lovecraft adventure game. And if mm-hmm. you like Lovecraft and you like your adventure nope. games, I don't know what else you're going to play. <laughs> and uh, you can play Shadow Presidents. Uh, so, this daughter. is a decent simulation for being president in 1993 that's that's the game you are president <laughs> it, it it falls into a trap you know what a president spends 90 to 95 percent of their time doing reading reports and chairing meetings mm-hmm. that's what the presidency uh, is that is what a president spends 90 to 95 percent of their time doing i thought it was and tweeting that, oh. yeah <laughs> And that is boring AF. You cannot make a good game out of chairing meetings and reading reports.
0: Um, and then uh, we have uh, Sid and Al's Incredible Tunes, one of the most disappointing games of my entire life. Because I thought it was a yep, cartoon it, maker, but it is lemmings with Acme things instead of lemming characters.
2: It's a bit of a Rue Goldberg machine, the game. Yeah. You, you have a bunch of little tune, like. Uh, shoe that hits something, a ball that flies all over and hits something else. And you can put the tunes to whack each other however you like and solve puzzles like that.
0: It's really, really kind of one of the most off-putting designs of any game you'll ever see on the PC. Kind of just mercilessly ugly, Music of 1993, as we close out 1993, January 13th to the 19th. I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. It's still number one. But we also have new releases, including So Close by Dinah, uh, Dinah Carroll, 12 Inches of Snow by Snow, Mind Body, uh, Body Mind, Soul by Debbie Gibson, The Erosion of Sanity by Gorgitz, The Juliet Letters by Elvis Costello, and The Wheel by Rosanna Cash. But we are going to close out with something that didn't come until much later and is, I think, a testament to how famous this episode is is that almost everybody knows who wrote it and they didn't for a very very long time and uh when the simpsons finally had this wonderful live concert at the hollywood bowl it was a huge surprise to bring out conan o'brien to sing the lyle landley song and just beautiful because obviously phil hartman couldn't do it but conan wrote it with Phil had worked with Phil Hartman on Saturday Night Live like was just the perfect person to get to do it and it, he fucking killed it it made it even <laughs> it was just such a cool thing to do man. Uh, but yeah we'll close out with Conan O'Brien singing the monorail song but don't move we got a lot more to talk about when we get back
2: were you sent here by the devil no good sir I'm on the level the ring came off my pudding cans take my ten knife my good man it's Springfield to the your right. hands raise your voice monorail what's it called monorail Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com/lasertime. It supports not only this show but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut
0: weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Two comedies that couldn't be different. Kind of odd to enjoy together, but one of them is the highest one of the highest-grossing movies of the year behind ET. I think Forty Eight Hours and Tootsie, which I had never seen. I had right. really? I thought I had time? seen it. With... I, yeah, yeah. I just I, I okay. thought I remembered it airing on cable all the time, and then watching it like I definitely didn't see this. Not, that not was
2: Juana Man. Juana Man. Man. Yeah, yeah. Or Mrs. Down Superior Park. film. Let's be let's be real here.
3: Yeah, well, I, I thought it was fun. It's like there's a bunch of movies from '82 that we definitely should talk about, and it's like the. Uh, and instead, we're going with the number one highest-grossing comedy of the year and the number three highest-grossing comedy of the year because <laughs> and, and, I refuse to talk about number two. Because well, it's I'm Porky's. 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 Oh. Porky's does surprisingly well. Is the fifth highest-grossing film of 1982, above Star Trek: Wrath of Khan.
2: Yes. Talk about a movie that's wow. aged like milk. Get bonus time—a weekly, uncensored, and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreoncom time.
1: Change, but I ain't ready to make up or we'll get around to that. I think I'm right, I think you're wrong. I'll probably give them before long. Please don't make me smile. I just wanna be mad for a
0: while. Coming in 2003 with I Just Wanna Be Mad by Terry Clark off of Pain to Kill, that is out this week, the week being uh January thirteenth to the nineteenth, two thousand three. Brought to you by Patreon.com/LaserTime. New releases uh, for music also includes "Up All Night" by The Waifs and "Rock the Block" by Crocus. Um, that is also up this week. "You Lose Yourself" by Eminem is still number one. I should just have a sound effect that I can play that says Whitney Houston and Eminem instead of Hooah! yeah, instead of that. Why is that still here? A <laughs> little bit of news to bring you the 2003 to transition you from music to the news of 2003. The Who guitarist Pete Townsend is arrested by British police on suspicion of uh, possessing indecent images of children. Townsend claims he accessed websites advertising child pornography because he was researching material for his autobiography, which will include passages about his abusive childhood.
3: Yeah. And I've read his autobiography, and it does.
0: Yes. And people
3: freaked out at the time because... When they they arrest, British arrest is a little different than American arrest It's more like they brought him in for questioning, but they they never charged him and they released him and and they said okay we we understand that he was researching child sex abuse because he believed that he had some sort of suppressed sus, uh, suppressed memories of being sexually abused as a child which you can see in his work hello I'm talking about you Tommy
0: and I, I thought the story was like. He told people, possibly even the authorities, he was going to do this, and yeah, and he he
3: was telling people he was doing this. There yes. was nothing secret. He it, like he there just, was a mass okay, email that... he sent out months before saying, "I can't believe how much fucking gross shit you can find on the internet. Yes. We need to do something about this."
2: That makes me feel better.
0: Yes, okay. yeah. I, I believe I believe that is the case. It's like that stupid story I had where I got a replica nine millimeter gun at a video game event that was made of metal in a briefcase. And I called LAX and like, Hey, I'm bringing a fake gun to the airport. Like, ah, thanks for telling us. And when I got there, it's like, nobody got the message. And I was treated like a guy who brought a gun into the airport. I so I yep. feel just for the, having that experience, I feel for Pete Townsend. And, uh, then I thought this was fun for something 20 years ago, DVD sales and rentals are up 71% from last year. And in 2001 and 2, I was working in a movie store, and it really was half and half VHS and DVD. And I even looked it up. It is DVD peak is 2005, whereas today DVD encompasses
2: 10%
0: of the market, but it's not gone. That's
2: higher than i expected honestly.
0: right it's not gone it's still out there you can find them in gas stations for fuck's sake which is a little Walmart kid
2: Walmart and dollar stores yeah but just being and, yeah. at, like
0: a walgreens and like ah maybe i will watch are we there yet for two and a half dollars <laughs> but like and that kind of access to movies was unprecedented to me you remember when mcdonald's was selling back to the future vhs's for 3.99 it was like we all won the fucking lottery so so yes long live dvd i say a cheap format to put great movies on
2: um yeah i think january 1st 2004 is when i went into my local video store to rent a vhs because i didn't have a dvd player yet and they said you're a day late we got rid of all our vhs tapes yeah
1: Wow!
0: Outrageously expensive. Whereas, like you were, you were all, you were finally paying like wholesale for movies. Uh, the wholesale, you, you, what you were paying was was the same as what Blockbuster was paying for these movies. It's it's kind of a phenomenon we forget about how lucky we were to be able to have this much access to movies. Mm. And uh, yes, there's a new show coming out where we lament the loss of the bonus feature and making us buy movies multiple times. I almost miss it. Uh, rather than what is it? Uh pulling my digital license and making me buy it again. <laughs> um, speaking, yeah. yeah. speaking of movies, uh movies of two thousand three, January thirteenth to the nineteenth. You know, I have heard
3: <laughs> I think this this encompasses what we're talking about about January, where yeah. we get a Stone Cold classic and mm-hmm. trash and nothing in between.
0: I I have heard somebody make the case and it's dip, that this is one of the greatest movies ever made and i rewatched it it's fucking wonderful yep. uh alexandre rodriguez and leonardo uh, fermino city of god i think it may lack some impact 20 years later and i don't want to sound like the ugly american but foreign movies always looked foreign whereas this movie depicted something entirely foreign but was shot with a w- absolutely wonderful eye and and pacing and storytelling aesthetic, City of God is amazing. And I might name my first kid Rocket, or at least my next dog. Uh, yeah, City of yeah. God is a fantastic coming of age movie uh, set in in Brazil with a with a crime bent. Um, yeah,
3: it's, well, it's, it feels like so epic because it, it takes place over like 20 years, Yeah, you know, of all these, you know, people living in the favela and they start out, oh, you know, oh, it's a new house. It's pretty nice. And then we see it 20 years later and, you know, it, they're in this crazy ghetto thing and it's just over two hours and yeah. it feels like it's sprawling. It's, it's, it and- moves
0: like Goodfellas.
3: Yes, and, that and, was the comparison I wanted to make. I I couldn't put my finger on it, and then I started reading reviews at the time, and 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 I think it was Empire said that this is Brazilian Goodfellas. And I was it, like, yes. But it's
0: like it's like the set design. If you were to have designed these from scratch in the Nevada desert, you'd be like, whoever did this deserves an Oscar of some kind, because <laughs> because we just I don't think we were that used to seeing things filmed on these kind of locations with high definition formats in an auteur's eye. But no. Nope. Uh, rewatching this again, like this is a fucking phenomenon. It, it's impossible to recommend almost any other movie this month other than City of God, which I think you can stream on one of the free streaming channels, Tubi or um, it, I think it was Tubi. I remember very obnoxious commercial
1: breaks.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, pretty sure it was but, Tubi. Uh,
3: yeah, no, uh, directed by Fernando uh, moreas who since has done uh, Constant Gardner and mm. uh, The Two Popes. And co-directed by a woman, Katia Lund, who, I don't know if she, that's kind of her thing. She's worked on other stuff. Yeah, it just, I mean, they're shooting in real locations. They're shooting with a lot of non-professional actors. Apparently, they were having trouble finding enough black actors in Brazil, wow. which shocks me because Brazil that's is, has a huge black population, but they're also tend to be kind of fucking poor. So they, they just took on amateurs and, yeah. and they do a great job. Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely, if you phenomenal interested in,
0: phenomenal in film.
3: crime dramas, mm-hmm. City of Gods, when you need to see.
0: Uh, movie ah, you, you... I'm so
3: glad someone else brought up the Goodfellas thing, yeah, it has that sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. energy, like, zippiness I, I, to it.
0: I thought I was just going to tune in, like, uh, I, I remember, like, uh, one of the girls I was dating, she owned, like, six DVDs. This was one of them, like, a, just a <laughs> movie that really made an impact uh, on anybody who saw it, but a lot of people didn't see it uh I, I i did it get nominated for an oscar
3: it got this nominated one? for a bunch of oscar i think it got nominated for cinematography for mm-hmm. screenplay somehow didn't get nominated for foreign language film because like brazil decided they didn't want to make it the official entry there's uh, the rules for foreign language oscar
0: are really weird so silly but See,
3: yeah it's one that uh, took me a while to get around to because i thought it was going to be like sadness porn like, like poor homework kids.
0: like homework and it's not yeah, it's a, it's it going to be
3: so sad about all these poor children they live in such a horrible place and it's like, uh no that's not what it's about and they do yeah.
0: just comfort yourself by saying it's the past and your grandparents fault and yeah. uh, uh and, can
3: we blame boomers let's blame
1: boomers. sure
0: uh, a movie you shouldn't pretty see pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. selma blair julia styles jason lee and a guy thing holy shit uh, did my love for kevin smith movies lead me into a lot of bad jason lee movies uh, but uh a guy thing no no
3: Oh, he's about to get married, and then uh, he wakes up next to a stripper, and, oh, no, there's pictures, and we got to get the pictures. Shenanigans ensues. Oh, wacky shenanigans over here. Wacky shenanigans over there. Oh, no, it turns out you're that's her cousin. Who cares? We've, ugh, we're getting towards the end of this run of sh- wacky schmackety kind of sexy comedies, and mm-hmm. I'm so ready for it to be over.
0: Me, too. <sighs> me too but you this this whole segment another, is, is chock-a-block you know with terrible comedy
3: two wackity schmackity buddy comedies <laughs> it sucks so bad and the people in it are better than this
0: they do eric roberts bill duke um colm fiore steve zahn martin lawrence also out this week national security they may be security guards. Nobody throw their gum on the ground, okay? You get like a warning. <laughs> but when it all goes down, they get away,
1: man. They go off. Martin Lawrence. I'm a one-man Kung Fu Swat team. My, uh, uh, You said something about my mama. National no security. National no security! Get out of the damn car!
0: all right i still like steve zahn's haircut in this film so uh, but it could have been called martin lawrence movie 2003
3: yeah just why are you making steve zahn the straight guy to martin lawrence steve zahn can be funny and Kind of a Martin Lawrence way, honestly. He's a
0: good white boy foil, and they give him a great haircut and mustache to go along with it. Uh, uh, but no. Of course, this is, we do not recommend you watch this at all. This is why, like, just no. even this week, no, I'm not doing it. Why didn't we all watch City of God in theaters instead? A two thousand two movie holdover, and uh, it doesn't get any better. In fact, significantly worse. Um, oh,
3: let's talk about one of the worst movies of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: I mean, that's one of those things that just about everyone agreed on.
0: And number one it. with a, a massive asterisk because, like, look what's out this week. Yeah. Uh, Christop- Christopher Walken. Poor guy. Estella yeah. Warren. Estella. Anthony Anderson also deserves better. So does Jerry O'Connell. It's number one at the box office for some reason Kangaroo Jack.
1: The kangaroo got the money and nothing happened away. <laughs> I said hit. Hey.
2: Up. He the I am Jackie Legs, and all I'd like to say hello.
0: If you could give me back my money, <laughs> that
2: money. Stop that. Stop that. Bring it on, Queen
1: of the Desert. <laughs> <laughs> Kangaroo Jack.
0: No. Holy shit. Holy <laughs> shit. Almost made a hundred million dollars at the box office. Uh, kangaroo Jack. That's how uh, that's how uh, addicted people were to theatrical movies at this point we're, compared to where we are now.
2: You know mm-hmm. what film this was inspired by? Is the Kangaroo Boxing Snow movie? Dogs.
1: Hmm. Uh, they
2: saw Snow Dogs and they went, "Let's do that." Not, and uh, then they made Jerry Bruckheimer
0: Jack. said, "Let's do that." Uh, let's
2: do, <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's okay just you know just pretend this is some universe. That Jerry O'Connell is sliding into, and then you can just write it off like that.
0: (laughs) This is so it it is so unbelievable that I even have to talk about that because I like I think we tried to hate watch this, but I could not even get
2: through it. No, because it's it's. Did you get to the wrapping kangaroo part? I don't think I did because is it there? Well, here's the clip. Is there
3: every fucking ad had this wrapping kangaroo clip in it? Every one, and it is a lie.
2: Going in blind, I thought it was about a talking kangaroo.
0: Yes, it, mm-hmm. it marketed itself that way.
2: How'd you know red was my favorite color? You can talk. And I can sing. I said a hip hop. The hippie, the hippie to the hip, hip hop. And you don't stop. The rock
1: to the bang, bang. Boogie set up. Jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie. This to is the great. This is I am Jackie Legs. And I'd like to say hello. To the
0: oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. Uh, <laughs> Adam Garcia has... Uh, The rapping kangaroo. Uh, So what's the story behind this? Because like this, didn't this inspire some kind of real litigation?
3: Oh, I hope so. I, you know, I didn't find anything, but I seem to think that yes, it did. But the whole, this Jerry O'Connell is, you know, the stepson of a mob guy and he and his buddy Anthony Anderson are supposed to take all this money to australia they hit a kangaroo they put the money which is in the jacket they put the jacket on the kangaroo think it's funny and then the kangaroo hops off and then it's just about them and their silly shenanigans are trying to get this yeah they mark they, marked, kangaroo they, they,
0: they said they pitched it as like a midnight run in australia but like this is baby's <laughs> day out in australia do not
3: kid oh, your self. yeah but no the kangaroo is just a kangaroo doesn't rap doesn't talk it that scene is from them hallucinating because they're in the middle of the australian desert which is where I would like to see in a lifestyle survival movie take place because there are a whole bunch of stories about that, about motherfuckers getting out into the middle of nowhere in Australia, which is about five feet away from civilization becomes middle of nowhere.
0: Yes. And
3: um, there are, I really think, gas terrible, stations that warn terrible. you like,
0: no, no, this really is your last chance. If you do not have a yeah. full tank, you yeah. will die.
3: Yeah. I, I need to look up if there's, there must be a book on this one expedition I remember reading about, but it should be a movie because- Australia is about the same size as America is. Mm. And in like the 1780s and nineties, they thought, oh, it's gonna be just like America is, but in the southern hemisphere. We don't have to go far and we'll find mighty inland rivers like the Columbia and the Mississippi. So we're gonna have an expedition <laughs> where we're gonna haul boats overland till we <laughs> oh. hit the mighty southern Mississippi. That's a real Fitz
0: Coraldo. Oh,
3: really fits Corraldo themselves good and then they all fucking die
0: yeah just watch the uh great southern land that should Um, be a cohen brothers film yeah Yeah. watch the great southern land segment in a young einstein on youtube it's (laughs) it's the only good sequence in that movie it's fucking amazing but it shows you the diversity of us the australian outback and like oh yeah there's there's nowhere to plug in anything out here you're gonna get fucked
3: you're just it is. It is That's literally why middle earth. Indigenous. We should all be very impressed by that they've survived there for ten thousand years.
0: But I think I think <laughs> I remember reading from from the news they marketed it with this hallucination clip, thinking and the people who went were parents of, with kids who thought they were going to see a talking kangaroo movie, and it was uh-huh. it is even more cruel than the fucking uh what you call it the uh twister tire shot that didn't happen. Like this scene <laughs> did happen, but it it marketed the movie as a thing it was not. It's more evil <laughs> than even just regular Kangaroo Jack, and there's something evil about this movie. And I don't. I, I, why don't we just not talk about it? Why don't we yeah. just not talk about it?
3: Let's just all that this is we've already never happened.
0: Yeah, let's move on to television of two thousand three, January thirteenth to the nineteenth, and talk about something none of us are, are an authority on. That's so Raven debuts on the Disney <laughs> Channel.
2: Oh yeah i have no connection to this whatsoever uh doing some research uh raven is a psychic she gets a vision that something is going to happen but then in like the vast majority of the times she's the one who causes that thing to happen is that like really psychic or is that just like i think i'll do something wacky oh my gosh my psychic vision of me doing the wackiness happened (laughs)
0: I'll, I'll I, I do want to like let's say for Raven Simone's sake, thank mm. God for this show because she's yeah. no longer mentioned in the same breath as the Cosby show, and that cannot be said for any of the other Huxtables at all mm. like they have to be constantly associated with that man and that show for the rest of their lives and at least she's she got one thing out there to define her and other things as well, but like that's so Raven. it was the beginning of what do you call it those Disney Channel TV show names like you kind of laugh at and like I'm not watching that and like you're not supposed to watch that. That's not for you. You're you're 23, Christopher. Don't be smug at the show you're not intended to watch in the first place.
3: Yeah, but, yeah, we're right in the spot where where Disney starts doing the uh single camera comedies, the Liz McGuire type things, as and they just they kill for like three or four years. That's about it, that's and then the and then you move on.
0: Yeah, the single camera uh format is dying on traditional television and. Disney Channel, I believe, we did a show about it, I think in a few years, will be the first cable station to unseat Nickelodeon as the highest rated cable network, purely because of these formats. And I I still don't really understand it, because as a kid, I never would have preferred to watch this over a fucking cartoon, even a rerun of a cartoon. I'd rather watch a rerun.
2: Because it's cheap. (laughs) It's cheap. They can just make 10 of these for every one cartoon. Yeah, true. But they're fucking Disney.
0: Pretend like you're Disney. Anyway, speaking yeah. of animation, it's time for Jr's Clone High segment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I'm trying the same as the Simpsons not to make this the Clone High podcast, but this is a amazing episode. It's this is this litter- is the episode
0: that should be titled Jr. Pretends to Show Restraint. <laughs>
2: <laughs> litter kills literally. <laughs> <laughs> guest starring Jason Priestley from 902 Wow, all right, yep, killing it. And he plays Ponzi de Lune, who is shown to be the best friend of JFK. What and we have never oh, seen him right. before, we will never see him again. But this is something that Clone High does amazing, it makes fun of all these. Teenage drama tropes. It's like the very special episode where a character dies, and it's a character you've never seen before and will never (laughs) see again. And uh, so the plot is about how littering is cool, right? But then Ponce de Lune, Lune, I I don't know how you say his name. Is it Ponce de Leon?
3: Ponce de Leon,
2: the the explorer. Yes, that's it. Okay. Yes, Ponce dies from litter he throws away some (laughs) litter and then his hands get got caught in one of those soda can things and then an apple juice uh straw sticks in his neck (laughs) straw sticks in his neck and he gets (laughs) apple juice in there and then a bag wraps around his head and then a rubber band wraps around that bag and then uh uh candy bar wrappers fly and give him a million paper cuts <laughs> and then the bag fills up with his own blood <laughs> so don't <laughs> let her kiss.
0: drowns in his own
2: blood, wonderful he drowns no. in his own blood and uh, our, uh, JFK has trouble dealing with his friend's death cheer up friend, it's not your fault oh my god you're a dead guy
1: no, I'm not a ghost I'm part of your subconscious i knew you weren't dead ponzo
2: let's go score some chicks no
1: you don't understand i'm just a figment of your imagination
2: oh you're a genie i'm not a genie (laughs) keep going stop whenever but yeah yeah it's uh it's a fabulous show if you haven't watched it by now it's free on youtube please give it a shot um also in this very special episode is a song which is going to be our outro song now in (laughs) 2003 the internet was not as well developed as it was today and i heard this song and believe it or not it touched me i was in the right space of mind for have this song really mean something for me and then for the next two and a half years anytime i had a bad breakup it became part of my breakup playlist Mm. and i would ball my eyes out listening to this song and you have no idea how hard it was to find what this song is because it's not a song by a major person it's Mm. a obscure little indie guy and they just threw it on clone high because clone high is not a big show but i had to like really dig to try to find uh what the song was and i think i posted on usenet (laughs)
0: Awesome. Look for that post uh, somewhere in the web archives. Uh, And then lastly on television this week, we have the Golden Globes, the 60th Golden Globes. No one's protesting it yet, despite being just as Mm -hmm. racist and just as corrupt. Uh, And
3: I don't think they had a host. I can't can't find a host. Oh, okay.
0: But...
3: Yeah, you can do that. You just roll roll through. Yeah. This, hours uh, wins
0: drama. Chicago wins musical comedy, which yeah. they still have a category for. Good ne- for them.
3: Neither of those have been wide released yet because wow, the Golden okay. Globes wants to be so early that they announce stuff that yeah, we talk about we're gonna talk about Chicago tomorrow or next week. We ha- the hours in a couple of weeks from then.
0: Right. And the hours also wins for uh, Nicole Kidman actress. Richard Gere actor, Renee Zellweger actress, and only Jack Nicholson wins for a movie that's actually out. <laughs> yep. Uh, about
3: Schmidt, which is, all right, that's fair. Have
0: we, uh, Adaptation? Yeah. Another uh, one we haven't talked about yet. Unbelievable. It's
3: not actually out yet, you jerks.
0: God, the Golden Globes is stupid. Uh, they, they really, really Because Best Director is Martin Scorsese over everybody else who should have won. Because mm. it's one of those, like... The Oscars was never going to give Martin Scorsese an award. Why don't we do it? Uh, but fuckings in New York, it's a dumb movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, what else? I, yeah, that's
3: TV's a little better. Uh, the Shield wins for drama. Yes, Kirby enthusiasm wins for comedy. But it's uh, it's Michael the first.
0: And... It's the first big upset. Well, I think the Emmys uh, had already occurred where The Shield, mm. like nobody beat HBO or the networks, and yeah. The Shield is the first show to like. Oh, I guess we can do this on other networks, and this will give us attention. And that's how I ended up watching The Shield. if the first season was over, and uh, yeah, well,
3: and it's up against one of the best seasons of The Sopranos. Yeah, it, so.
0: it's uh, against The West Wing and Six Feet Under and Twenty Four. Oh, I think all they're in their heyday, uh, mm-hmm. and, and and he and Michael Chiklis takes Beck's best actor over Gandolfini, Peter Crossy, Martin Sheen, and Kiefer Sutherland as well. Yeah. Uh, good showcase for that kind of stuff. So uh, television, I, I cannot believe how pissed I am looking at the awards for movies and then getting into television like, Tony Shalhoub won for Monk? Cool. <laughs> what, what a cool <laughs> award to give away to Tony Shalhoub. Albert Finney won for The Gathering Storm in miniseries. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Kim Cattrall supporting actress sex in the city. She probably will play that role for the rest of her life. Go cry into your uh, never mind. Uh, sorry, I've been watching a lot of Sex in the City lately for some reason. Yeah, not, uh, not the new
3: stuff, the old stuff.
0: Both. Uh, it's occurring oh. all the time in my significant other's house. Um, no matter what happens, well, I... hmm.
2: I'm curious what you think of the TV show for our next segment.
0: Oh, oh I haven't even looked ahead yet. I don't know. Oh. Uh, well, I will. But first, I got to rattle off these games of 2003. Because one, we got like a kind of a. I want to say underrated, but it's pretty rated. It was a little rough around the edges, but a cool first party crime game, the getaway on PS2. A uh, narrative focused um tries to feel like a GTA without an open world and a much better presentation. Uh the getaway would get away from Sony, and that was kind of it. But I think it's it's more significant to talk about
2: kind of the second to last SimCity game. And it's, yes. So SimCity fans. This is your year for 30 2010. Okay. <laughs> we have in this year of 30 2010, each in a different decade, what is considered the best SimCity game, mm-hmm. what is considered the, wor- the worst SimCity yeah. game, <laughs> and what is considered the most important SimCity game other than the original. Yeah. It- All mm-hmm. in 1993, in 2003, and in 2013. So, this year, 2003, SimCity 4 comes out, and it is the SimCity game that everyone who was pissed and mad at SimCity 5 wished SimCity 5 had been. This Mm -hmm. is more features, uh, better graphics, this is the first time the series goes uh, completely 3D, -hmm. it introduces a day and night sequel, and... Mm -hmm. It has the most complexity and the most depth of any SimCity game ever, period. Not of any city builder, but of any SimCity game. Yeah. Yes, this is the one. Yeah, I. Uh,
0: for, for some reason, JR's <laughs> endorsement is is kind of like, it's. It, what do you call that? A cautionary tale for me to stay away from it. I've sp- <laughs> I, I spent so much time with SimCities because it was the only video game my dad would buy me. But then just like a game that never fucking ends and just like... But uh, see, that's one
2: of the reasons I think uh, yeah. SimCity is so important to the history of gaming. Oh, yeah, totally. Because a lot of modern games that are not strategy games take approaches that SimCity was the first to take. Yeah, There's no finish line. There's no... Uh, this is a sandbox. Do whatever you want in it. Play around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make your own objectives. All of those... Were something that SimCity was really the first major game to do, and I think when that trend spread to other games, I think the SimCity mm. series became less popular because it wasn't the well, only here, here's place you could get that anymore.
0: What I think is interesting, and I, I do like, I was with SimCity on day one and, and covered it a lot, and ten years later, uh, it's weird because SimCity was this breakthrough phenomenon that like got a ton of people into games. Period. Uh, but we get one SimCity game for the next ten years. We get, um, by my calculations, four hundred thousand Sims games, My Sims games, mobile games. It's weird. Do you think that people like once they discovered? Well, people don't actually want to raise raise a city. They want to raise a family and friends. Like, mm-hmm. and it, I didn't even it, it it happened so slowly. I didn't even notice sims completely taking over sim city and i don't i don't want to say the desire for it but at least the maxis's focus and ea's focus like the sims became the priority and sim city has, has barely been been addressed outside of like a facebook game or two and uh, then in the 20 years yep. since it's it's very yeah. strange but maybe hmm. that speaks to some aspect of humanity, like what we were, we maybe we wanted to play. Maybe the people who played Sim City just wanted to play The Sims all along. That was what they wanted to do. To zoom uh, maybe, in, maybe,
2: but uh, to to jump ahead, City Skylines is a very popular yes, game. Yes, true. And what it does is it does Sim City better than Sim City does Sim City.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, and yes. And then we're going to close out this segment with uh, Clone High, The Meaning of Goodbye by James Stewart. The it's a Wonderful Life guy. Wait, no. no. The South African singer. Not, not that one. Uh, but when we get back, uh, we got to talk about fucking problems and mama and uh, and more Sex in the City stuff. Oh, that's what I forgot about. So stay right there.
1: There's a hole you left inside me, a broken hearted soothing. filled with memories.
0: Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-hosts Jeremy and Adam beg to differ, except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars with a big, giant question mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash lasertime. Here's a little taste.
1: My monkey. There was no internet in
0: 1983 blah 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 Uh, but I I wanted to find people's reactions to Empire Strikes Back because yeah it's the the twist man what was it what was it when people walk at a theater how were people talking about this and it's one it's really weird the only cool record we have of this is Starlog magazine allowed people to write in and you can find those on archive.org and that remains the closest thing we have to a comment thread about Empire Strikes Back when it comes out, but what we did have was wonderful, wonderful news stories. They have audience reactions of people coming out of the theater. Although the critics are disappointed, consumers looking for an escape into fantasy this summer will have the last word. It left me confused. <laughs> I didn't understand any of it. Special effects were tremendous. really enjoyed it. Oh, I
1: thought it was pretty good. I didn't like the ending. It could have been a better ending.
0: Get fucked, lady. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <we'll be. laughs>
0: Oh, that's Sick of Star Wars, available exclusively at patreon.com lasertime along with weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper.
1: This is so wizarding.
3: Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of January 13th through 19th, we have an essential film, period, end of story. Turning 75 this week from the beginning of 1948 is The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, written and directed by John Huston, starring Humphrey Bogart, Tim Holt, John Huston's dad, Walter, and uh, Mexico. And Greed. It was like, this is such a classic, I don't even know where to start. Well, it's based on a book. It is um, kind of rare for a film in this time to actually go shoot on location. John Houston were like that. And uh, he went down to Durango, Mexico. And it's about uh, basically it's these uh, American losers who are poor on the streets in Mexico. Kind of drifting. And then they meet a guy and he's like, hey, we can go get some gold in the mountains. There's mountains. There's mountains. They got gold in them, and you're know, like, well, fuck, we've got nothing better to do. So they go with them, and they work really hard, and do they strike it rich? Oh, I don't know. Considering that the theme is uh, greed and paranoia, yeah, I'm going to say they do find something after enduring a bunch of other stuff, including some bandits who claim that they're cops, but they're not because they don't need those no stinking badges. And it, it can get very dark. It is a very dark, very psychological story. Bogart fucking goes for it. He becomes terrifying he becomes a true like horror villain uh yeah if, if you need um an endorsement of it uh, daniel day lewis said that it was pretty much what he was going for with there will be blood it was like he wanted to be like bogart the treasure sierra madre he wanted to be someone who is losing their humanity through their greed and yeah i see that connection now so yep treasure sierra madre in 1948 seriously just an essential classic film y'all gotta watch it right now It's awesome. And that's it for this week. Stay classic.
1: Bitches have my fucking problem. And yeah, I like the fuck. I got a fucking problem. If I somebody real, that's a fucking problem. Bring your girls to the crib, maybe we can sell. Hey, oh, love. Bitches some my dime. Oh. Take it hella long. Bitch, give it to me now. Oh. Make that thing pop. Like it's in me. You're benign. baby, like it raw with the shimmy shimmy. Yeah, huh?
0: Coming in in 2013, for the second time ever, fucking problems by ASAP Rocky off of Long Live ASAP, the debut of ASAP Rocky. I uh, do like this song. Welcome to the one, 10 years ago. How about that? Uh, new releases this week, as far as music goes, also include Ark by Everything Everything, Fade by Yola Tango, Dream Chaser by Sarah Brightman, and Straight to Hell by Hell Helloween. Locked Outta Heaven by Bruno Mars is still number one. I feel like this doc has not changed at all, but... Yeah. Whatever it is like the, the the doldrums of the new year, even music isn 't immune to that. a uh, little bit of news to bring you into two thousand thirteen here 's something Japan unveils plans to build the world 's largest wind farm near the uh, Fukushima. Daiichi? Uh, am I saying that right? Nuclear power Daiichi. plant? Daiichi. The yeah. place where Godzilla 2014 was born. No. Yeah.
2: Um. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That's not what it's really known for. But yeah, that movie was absolutely based on the Fukushima disaster. But Japan follows through. If the Japanese are good at something, it's building stuff. Uh, this was completed seven years after this. It's, it's a fairly large zero carbon emission power generation place. So go on, Japan.
0: Well, who nice. the fuck put this in the notes? Monty Teo fishing story breaks. Is that a full sentence? Yep.
3: That is a full sentence. Yes. Monty Teo. Manti Teo. Manti. Who at the time uh, was a star linebacker. I want to say linebacker for Notre Dame. I was about to go into the NFL draft. It breaks that uh, this girlfriend he's been talking about this whole time for five years, this girlfriend of his was not real. It was like a friend of a friend of the family who presented as a man at the time, um, who's now come out as a trans woman, was pretending to be this girl. And they had this online relationship until... Oh, it was so tragic that she got in a car accident, and the hospital. That's when they found out she had leukemia, and then and she died of leukemia. And this motherfucker lied to Mati Teo and said, like, "Oh, I'm her brother," and she died of leukemia on the same day his grandmother actually died.
1: Oh, so,
3: yeah, it just wrecked this poor guy. But this girlfriend he'd been talking about to his friends, to his family, he pretended that he had met her in person because he was embarrassing, like she's just an online girlfriend. So. There was a lot of confusion of like, was he in on this? Was he making up a girlfriend and why? And it just, no,
2: sucks. I'm sure he was just lonely. Um, I think
3: it was just, look, football, NCAA football players, they work really, really hard. They're traveling all the time. Yeah. I don't, it's probably hard to have a, a real life girlfriend. So,
2: yeah. I actually, I
3: I, there's a two part Netflix documentary on this whole thing. That's just, it just makes you so mad at everybody. It's <laughs> just like, what the fuck?
2: My- my prediction is that fishing is going to become exponentially bigger in uh, the coming decade. Because mm. there was a Japanese motorcycle blogger, a man who was getting no attention until he created a new account, used software to change his face to that of a woman, and then his profile of Japanese motorcycles exploded. And he became mm. very popular. And the software for we're video chatting right oh, now, yeah. mm. 10 years from now, I can be a stacked, gorgeous 20-year-old we, blonde girl. We already
0: have virtual YouTubers, man. It's already out there. Yeah, It's happening. Mm.
2: But but we're not that far away from getting good voice changing, good video changing. So I really think that it's it's going to be a bigger problem in the future. By a mm-hmm. huge degree, because you're not going to be like, well, uh, video to prove you're real. Well, here I am. Yep, it looks like a yep. person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've seen, yep. uh, I've seen all those. Uh, oh, I love the whoever it is on YouTube putting the face of who Bill Hader's impersonating onto his face. Mm. while he's doing a story on conan or something holy lord is that frightening should be regulated
3: i mean you can already do it pretty well with just like using someone else's photos or whatever it's a nefarious
0: chinese app (laughs) yeah i think they
3: i think they talked on the phone and and she just made her voice sound higher and yeah hi i'm a female well, I mean, she's a trans woman, so yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean,
1: people,
3: but people have been doing yeah, this
2: for I mean, years via, via at pen and time... phone. At
3: the time she wasn't, she was still presenting as a man, so, so her voice probably was still a lot lower.
2: Yeah,
0: I think it's just hard. It's harder to oh. like create. Uh, everybody's kind of Googleable at this point, yeah. you know. It, it's mm-hmm. it, it's it raises well, too that's many questions. Solvable. My mm.
2: name is Jill Smith. Google mm. me. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. But you give out details through the course of conversation, like where you went to high school or what town you live in and where you work. Mm-hmm. Um, you yep. always find stuff I'm like them. Mrs. Snrub from Snubb. somewhere far, <laughs> far away. away. Uh, and also, uh, uh, the, the wonderful news this week is... Jim Neighbors, at the age of 84, marries his partner. Firefighter Stan Godwalder. all old-timey names they are, uh, mm. and they are married until Neighbors' death. They were together for, like, 40 years. And this yeah. is one of those things that sort of fascinates me about, like, I know homophobia has always been around, but, like, it feels like some people got a pass, because kind of Jim Neighbors has always kind of been an open secret, at least yeah, in the well, industry.
2: I mean, he was playing... Characters who you could absolutely go, Well, that's a gay character, right? But he's well,
3: but not so much like flamboyant gay, but like the sissy character, you know, a cowardly girly man.
0: No, but for for comedians, I I just I'm astounded. Like, no one asked any questions about Paul Lind, didn't seem to matter, didn't seem to matter at all. Liberace didn't care, and now all of a (laughs) sudden, like, in the last 30, 30 years, like there's this fascination over it. It's just fucking weird. Like why was, why could people just let this shit go and pe- let people be who they are? Whatever. Good for Jim neighbors marrying his longtime partner.
2: Holy shit. I mean, in, uh, like Eddie Murphy SNL days, there was a skit on, uh, I think it was Frank Sinatra interviews, a real group of men's men. And it's <laughs> like Liberace and uh, yeah Michael Jackson and all these other people who at the time. Yeah. It sexuality was suspect. It, yes. it, it, I think it became like... But th- my point is about that is that it was known. I mean, if you were in 1980 and you said, Liberace is gay, the response would be, duh. Duh.
0: and mm. like, or, or like your polite mother, grandmother would say, like, we don't talk about that.
3: Yeah, like, exactly. It, it, it's just like, I don't want to think about that.
0: And it's almost like, which was preferable? Like the rampant homophobia of the 80s or the we don't talk about that?
2: I don't know. Okay. Mm. Now... I got a question for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Who is the first major Hollywood star or television star hmm. to be openly homosexual who says, I am a gay person? I think it's not who it was like they was hinted about, but straight up. Yes, I, I am a gay person. I like my same sex gender. Very,
0: very, very technically Rupert Everett, because he never hid that shit. Mm-hmm. And uh...
3: I got an earlier one for See, you. Of course you There you go. <laughs> Harvey Fierstein <laughs> was oh. extremely like, and I'm gay and I do gay stuff.
0: Yeah. My jo- plays
3: are about gay stuff.
0: John Waters. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. People yeah. who never hid that shit.
3: Yeah. There's people who just never hid that shit. And Jim Neighbors is tough because, you know, he was Gomer Pyle and, you know, he was very Southern Corpone humor. And he did also did like a lot of gospel and Christian music. Yeah. Like. It was risky for him. I understand. Simpsons fan. He's the one who
0: goes, piles, shazam. That's Jim Neighbors is.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad that it's like, he could have just kept this quiet for the rest of his life. And he was like, no, I'm in love with this man. He's hot and we live in Hawaii.
0: That's why I I don't lean towards the, like, let's not talk about it. Because it's not fair to keep people, like, closeted in the dark. That's stupid. But also. So uh,
2: according to Wikipedia, mm in 1994, Firestein became the first openly gay actor to play a principal gay character in a television series. What was that? Simpsons so,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> or
2: Carl? Uh, or Mrs. Dowfire. Uh, the short-lived CBS series Daddy's Girl, which I've never heard of.
0: Uh. Mrs. Dowfire was 94 or 95, I forget. Anyway, moving on from that uh, titillating, that, the, dish, the gossipy dish we just pulled out there, 2013 mm-hmm. movies from January 13th to the 19th, beginning with... Oof, the <laughs> governors return to starring roles after...
3: After 10 years!
0: Terminator 3, yeah, no. last movie he's in. Look at this wonderful cast. Louis Guzman, Harry Dean Stanton, Johnny Knoxville, Zach Guilford, Rodrigo Santoro, Jamie Alexander, Peter Stormare, Forrest Whitaker, and Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Last Stand. Sheriff, we have a situation. I have a dangerous cartel boss heading
1: your way. Boom, 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 boom. He's got an army. I got an idea. Bring everything you got. You never know. How are you, Sheriff? Old.
0: I am, I am super torn whether this movie is one of the worst things I've ever seen or a wonderful <laughs> throwback to the world of Buford Pusser. And walking tall. <laughs> yeah.
2: If this came out in 1987, you would think it was genius. Yeah, you would still yeah. be quoting this film to this day. It yeah. would be one of Arnold's great films if it came out in 1987. But because it came out in 2013, no one cared. Yeah, I mean, this was Arnold's big comeback to action. And it's a balls to the walls action film. Yeah, it's a great B movie. Great scene in this where Arnold is pushing a guy off a roof, falling with the guy, blowing the guy's head off as they're falling, and then using the corpse (laughs) to shield him from the fall. Okay, I mean, if that came out in 1987, it would be up there with the uh, exploding head scene from Total Recall. I think,
0: I think, I think you're you're absolutely. There's something weird about. Arnold trying to play this everyman and just trying to live this quiet life on the Mexican border <laughs> and, and and just like this doesn't seem believable at all but like I watch Commando all the time where he plays <laughs> Ben Richardson with even even heavier <laughs> accent and even more violence.
2: Tim to me, that's just the Arnold. You yeah. go with that. You go with the fact that he's going to play. No one comments on the fact that a ginormous. <laughs> an
0: enormous of foreign an man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and just a usual
2: sheriff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I like but... things little, to go a little slowly here. I, sorry, I got to get home in time S- for 60 minutes.
2: So I watched this for the first time, and I liked it. I could get into mm-hmm. the spirit, but I think t- In Search of the Last Action Hero, uh, it's a great documentary on the birth and death of action movies, mm-hmm. uh, pointed out that just people stopped caring about action movies, and Arnold could not command his previous high salary. Oh yes, after mm-hmm. this film mm-hmm. for anything but throwback. If it's a character that we love from the past like the terminator, yeah, you'll have to write him a big check. But if it's a new character with no nostalgia, he's affordable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I, I this, was just I this was
3: This movie's cost practically what was his his salary his salary
0: in the late in the 90s day. which was which yeah, like the first 20 He got 25 million dollars to be mr freeze one of the worst characters and one mm. of the worst movies of all time and looking at, at him I, I think i think obviously i think die hard sort of changed that it is always like the against-type action hero that I think is the most fun for people. People love Bob Odenkirk kicking ass and an older Keanu Reeves kicking ass or, like, a woman cutting the shit out of everybody. No one really wants to see a big buff Conan dude (laughs) to carve through a bunch of people it's like yeah that's how life works
3: but 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 he's got a ragtag group and a fucking like chain gun it's true and he's going up against evil cartel guys who you know are always bad and so they're always disposable that's the big I I do like this yeah as a throwback it it feels kind of like a 70s throwback because it's basically a western no it's
0: basically walking tall and The Rock remade this a few years previously and this is much better than that
3: oh yeah yeah that That one was like it was fine. And it was like 60 minutes long. It's much more
0: modernized though, and like giving it actual stakes.
3: But yeah, there's the idea of oh, there's some bad guys, they're on their way, they're gonna be here on the noon train. I mean, in a cartel,
0: yeah, okay, yeah. Fancy cars. Yeah.
3: And now we gotta get let's get our ragtag group together. Uh Luis Guzmans brought a sword for some reason, and uh now we're just gonna have a whole bunch of crazy ass action Mm because we stopped them at the end. Yep. I got no complaints.
2: I got to give credit because Arnold is an old man in this film. He is. But when he faces off against the young Mexican drug lord, it's believable. You can be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're an old, but you're still capable of beating the shit out of me, so I can believe this is a fair fight. The, the,
0: The movie has established you're indestructible, so... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> go for it, Arnold. Yeah, yeah I, I, I get it.
3: but it's like you used to kick a whole bunch of ass, and now you just wanted to retire and deal with little paltry shit as you know, in this small town sheriff, whatever. And oh nope, big trouble's coming. All right.
0: Yeah, this, yes, and this is ready. like the last Arnold Arnold movie, which he stopped making like real Arnold movies a long time ago, outside of Terminator. And I think I just read last week. While James Cameron was promoting Avatar, they brought him in for the latest Terminator movie as a producer for the first time since 2. And he fought for Arnold to be in the movie against the wishes of the screenwriters and directors. And he huh. said he regretted it. Like, Arnold probably shouldn't have been in that movie. Like, uh, And if you've seen the movie, it's like, this is an odd scene. <laughs> this is an odd <laughs> sequence. Why is this here? All, all the Arnold stuff is weird. And you're right. Outside of Terminator, yeah, he's got to do whatever Stallone writes for him
3: uh <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, yeah, we got the uh, Last Stand and Escape Plan are both 2013. And don't and feel bad are... for he's
0: one of the richest people in in like Los Angeles. He's got plenty of money. Well, yeah, and
3: and, and I,
2: uh... the, is he the best Republican?
3: Yes, <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> so. I I've toyed with writing an alternate history uh, where his parents take a vacation in disneyland or something and as a result arnold schwarzenegger is born in california and then he moves back to austria and it's the exact same guy as our timeline only he can legally run for president oh Mm. my
0: favorite thing he ever did not this movie in the last 10 years when the last stupid president was tweeting at nbc ah look at the apprentice ratings it sucks now arnold can't do what i can do and arnold just like we should trade jobs and like (laughs) yes yes yes, you should we should trade jobs
3: now my favorite thing his statement he released after january 6th yeah was probably the best thing anyone had to say about that just talking about his experience growing up in austria with a bunch of world war ii veterans who were broken people
2: yeah broken men was his words
0: and and my favorite after that is did you see like he he's constantly supporting the special olympics and occasionally he'll dive in the comments for people who are being shit heels and just be like just say these unbelievably moving things as himself. It's <laughs> so, so great. So it's hard to hate Arnold, but it's like it's also like I don't
2: hate him. I think he's an amazing. No, human no, no. Being. no not... He has accomplished so much in his life. I mean, think of his career trajectory. Okay, I'm going to become the world famous bodybuilder. Has mm-hmm. that ever really been done before? No, but I'm going to do it. I think okay, I was watching a now documentary I'm about that.
0: There was there was a, there was, a doc, there was that movie about like a bunch of improvisational comedians and they're all after twelve spots on SNL, but there are thousands mm-hmm. of them. There is one bodybuilder spot where you make money. That is it <laughs> in the world. Everybody else struggles, and their body sucks, and their lifestyle sucks. Everybody else struggles. It has to be a hobby. And Arnold yeah. crossed across uh, right. the. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Crossed the ocean. Enough. From...
3: Let's not. T- no, let's not do his entire okay. biography. People right. know his biography. The point is, you probably have not seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in the last ten years, besides maybe a Terminator, and you should watch the Last Stand. A, a Terminator. I think it's actually, a lot of fun.
0: Or an Expendables, and this he he does. It is a shadow of the uh commando
2: Arnold, I'll call him. Which but the, I
3: like that. Those I like movies, him not trying to do that anymore.
2: Yeah. I'm glad that it's Commando grows old. That's what this mm-hmm. film is. It's kind of. it could have been it could have been the commando character.
0: He could have been Ben Matrix, yeah.
2: Yeah, he could have yeah. been Ben, ben Matrix after <laughs> tired to be ben a ben sheriff. Church. The i had this I mean,
0: montage where i go get my daughter ice cream and then feed deer that, that movie is fucking hysterical it's one of the most entertaining things in the universe commando good lord um can't say the same for the next film jeffrey wright i
3: thought i paid attention to movies and we have a big ass movie with a big ass cast that I had never fucking heard of.
0: I, I remembered only because the t- I'd, I'd seen the poster. Al- Alona Tile, Justin Chambers, Natalie Martinez, Kyle Chandler, Barry Pepper, Catherine zeta jo- Jones, Russell Crowe, and Mark Wahlberg in Broken City. Your husband sent me up. And I'm gonna destroy him for it. <laughs> You're asking too many questions.
1: You're about to see the bigger picture. He's a dangerous man, Billy. Really. Time to square the dead. By the time I'm done with you, you have be pulling your dental records. In some wars, you walk away from.
0: I don't walk away. That was an accident. Broken City. Did not see it. Broken viewing. Mm, uh, nope. Broken City comes to us from uh, Alan Hughes, written by Brian Tucker. A Mark yeah. I feel like Mark Wahlberg has been for over ten years making movies he doesn't want me to see. He makes <laughs> movies for, for different people and not the stratif stratifier show, but for people who exercise, go to church and vote Republican. <laughs> like that's that's who Mike Mark Wahlberg makes movies for.
3: I just um yeah. Why why do who's Hughes, Hughes Brothers gotta break up? It makes me worried. Are yeah. they are they okay? A little late now. No. Oh. But I like the Hughes brothers together. They did *Menace to Society* and *From Hell*. And,
0: mm-hmm. uh, god damn it,
3: yeah, no, this is just sounds bland. It just, it, it every review was like, I feel like I've seen this movie before because mm-hmm. it's about you know a, a corrupt politician and he hires a detective to spy on his wife and then it turns out oh this is a frame up all along and oh, he's actually going god. to do a corrupt thing or he's going to tear down the rec center or some shit and it's like uh, this this feels like. These actors are overpowered for this material. Like, how'd you get Catherine Zeta-Jones for this? This seems, I don't know, like neither?
0: That's the thing when we look back at the movies, even 10 years ago, is that like, Hollywood is a churn. Like Mm -hmm. the same way we, but like, There's so many people dying to make stuff now that you get weird and interesting stuff. It has to be weird and interesting to capture a headline. This is just one of those things that had to be in theaters. It wasn't supposed to be exceptional. It was a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie from 20 years ago. Black. I I watched the trailer for this and just like, nah, not doing it. Not doing it. (laughs) it, it. Which, if you think I'm doing that a disservice. Now consider I look at our number one movie at the box office, Mama, and I thought, Oh, I saw Ma. Huh? Great. Yeah. Uh, whoops. <laughs> it, bad, bad planning on my part. Not the Octavia Spencer weird fucking movie. <laughs> it is the David Fox, Daniel Cash, oh, Nicolaj, Coaster, Waldo, and Jessica Chastain film. Number one at the box office. It's Ma Victoria and Lily were
1: alone in the wilderness
0: for at least five years.
1: How they survived is unexplainable. Hey, girl, i your Uncle Luke. I think
3: someone's coming to visit them. Who? Is she here in this house? Oh, you
0: promised. And I, I fucking hate, I'd never heard of this, and like, this sounds mad interesting.
2: It's not. That- Oh decent, <laughs> yeah,
3: decent reviews. But
2: I yeah. watched it. I found it to be very generic. Mm. I thought it was huh. a good, interesting premise. A bunch of kids raised by raised
0: by themselves, or a secret entity that follows them back into civilization once they're rescued.
2: Exactly. Mm. That's a hundred percent. It could have been interesting. It's not. Uh, once we see Mama or Mother, it's just like, well, okay, you're a scary fe- creature. Got it and then the beats follow exactly how you would expect them to follow
1: yeah
3: there's nothing new
2: there's nothing interesting and it's not amazingly well done it's workmanship like
3: Mm. Mm. i think yeah seeing old-fashioned come up a lot a lot of critics sort of like that in the way we like woman in black of being just like Mm -hmm. this is a very old-fashioned old-school scary kind of thing there's a creepy thing and it turns out oh it's probably the ghost of blah 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 then you find out what it's you know like the ring also the ghost of blah 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 you find out what their problem is you try to solve it and maybe they'll stop killing people Mm -hmm. Eh. yeah i i I, I didn't watch it because again i am a wuss they told me a couple (laughs) weeks ago i agreed to watch sinister on the show i'm not holding you to that no
2: no, I am no. holding to you that. It is a legally oh, binding I, verbal contract.
3: I was, uh, okay, I mean, I, I did tell you guys that I was going to make it an Ethan Hawke double feature and watch it right after I watched a live. And then I went and watched the menu, which is an Epicurean double feature. And JR <laughs> almost did a spin <laughs> take. And I, I was, was very happy. Close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like the menu, by the way. A,
0: I was more, I was <laughs> like, right before the show, I'm like, fuck, this is a Guillermo del Toro Presents. And like, while we were recording, not to date this, it's me. Sarah texted me and like, Dude, Pinocchio just won a Golden Globe. Why haven't we watched this yet? I'm like, I know why I haven't watched it. It's a very stupid and specific reason I won't say on this show, but I really want to. Yeah. And then
1: it's amazing.
3: And then,
0: two, I don't know if we've encountered this before, but again, I don't we don't keep up on records like this. Jessica Chastain is number one at the box office with two different movies a week after one another as as the lead actress. Yeah.
3: Zero Dark 30 last week. Yeah.
0: How does that that doesn't that definitely doesn't happen 20, and 10 years ago. That is a very, very rare feat. And she is the star star of both those movies, of both of these movies. Mm-hmm. So, holy shit, Jessica Chastain. Look at her go. Yeah. Look at her go. Uh, And then uh, moving on to television of 2013, which is surprisingly packed given, uh, but I guess we're seeing, uh, this is our competing with streaming model cable channels, making prestige entertainment 2013 television, January 13th to the, the 19th, the Carrie diaries debuts on the yeah. CW.
2: This is uh, the prequel to sex in the city.
0: I don't know anything now, about this, but the SNL sketch that did Tony's the Sopranos in high school,
2: <laughs> I didn't
0: have the CW, so I couldn't watch it if I wanted to did not see it.
2: But here, here's where this didn't succeed. It was, uh, not, not well liked by the fan base. And I here is what I think the basic problem for why it didn't succeed was. Okay, Sex in the City was aimed at adults. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was not a kid's show. Okay, say you were 25 years old, yeah. watching it in 1998. Right. Okay, now when this prequel comes out, you are 40 years old. Do you want to watch a show about teens having sex at 40 years old?
1: <laughs>
3: um, no, because I don't. I don't have as good an excuse as Pete Townsend does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I thought like just looking at it, it looked like when I watched Fox's Gotham, and someone's like, "This is Batman Muppet Babies." Like. Really? Everybody <laughs> was around, like, and none of these stories were ever... Okay, fine, fine. Yeah. Uh, but, but but, but we did see, when the CW was just bought, that the demographic is 55 and up. It is old.
2: Yeah. So yep.
0: they know that, and we didn't, because we consider CW the young network. Right, um,
2: but yeah, yeah. I don't know. As I'm in my 40s, I find that if it's a teen drama I grew up with, then I can get into it. Rewatching it, whatnot, but if it's a new modern teen drama,
0: no, you're gonna have conflicting feelings about Willow. I'm just telling you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, I'm so I'm kind of surprised. I knew that uh, the lead is Anna Sophia Rob, and I see her in a bunch of stuff. I didn't realize the male lead is Austin Butler, who's oh, the, the Elvis. Elvis.
0: Oh, yeah. mama. Then, uh, uh, Elvis but movie. also, also yeah. like this stupidness of putting a, like, this show is groundbreaking for a lot of reasons, but a lot of it is the the frank nature of the relationships and the discussions had by these people and then putting that on a network where you can't possibly do that. Why yeah, bother? With the, teenagers. Yeah.
3: It's like, yeah, why you got to go to 16? Go, go to 19, put her in college, and put it somewhere where you can swear.
0: What are the good prequels? I don't even know. Continuum debuts on Sci-Fi Channel. I do appreciate... Any comments we get on the the the, the uh, uh, laser time dot com or Facebook group where people I, a bunch of people came to defense of leverage like you you would like that said I specifically would like this show mm-hmm. uh, Continuum okay. I have not seen on Sci Fi I did not have Sci Fi channel this time
2: so it's a average cop in the year twenty seventy seven is guarding a group of terrorists before their execution but then that group escapes with time travel and that cop is pulled along with them. So now the terrorists find themselves in the past, and the cop finds herself in the past, and the terrorists are trying to wow. bring about a dystopian future, and she's trying to stop them, but she doesn't have, you know, a, like, superpowers in or anything. Right. It's like, you know, imagine if you went to the 1960s, right. okay? How I'll much just... could you personally affect things?
0: Well, I'll just call an Uber. What? <laughs> <laughs> what could i do excuse me uh gus do you take venmo <laughs> all right yeah i get it i get it but then hey news that's near and dear to my heart time warner cable this week announces that they will no longer accept ads for guns or any form of firearms on all of its cable system and the move comes after an ad from the national rifle association Good, good, Fine. good. It's a like
3: that help or hurt anyone. No, there's someone well, else. I, I in... was going to kill everyone, but I I hadn't heard of guns during a TV broadcast, and so I chose not to. And all those people are alive now.
0: You are mm-hmm. somebody else would state this better, and that we'll talk about in this segment. But uh, you're free to like guns the same way people like cigarettes and cocaine, but to <laughs> pretend they're healthy. They're healthy objects for us for a functional society is ridiculous. And like them all you want. Hey, it's all good. I like I like old racist cartoons with you know. It's fine. It's fine. It's but but I'm not saying they should be on the airwaves in between uh, children's television programming. So. Yeah, nope. suck my dick. Fringe ends on Fox. Uh, it had been airing for like the last five years. I don't did it get five
3: I seasons? Did not know it lasted that yeah. long.
2: Yeah, I thought it
0: was three yeah, or four. It's seasons it's a
2: five season show. And no. every video I looked on this show was like, "Why aren't you watching Fringe? Why didn't anyone watch <laughs> Fringe? Just so awesome!" I can tell you
0: from someone who watched the first two and a half seasons. Okay,
2: slow start. <laughs>
0: it, it, it doesn't start like like it basically fringe is X Files meets multiverse. That's what yeah. fringe yeah. is. Yeah. And it doesn't start moving for a very, very long time. Is it it is elegantly slow and boring. I've heard a bunch of people oh, it gets so good. And like, maybe, but like maybe that would have worked back when Quantum Leap was on, but not in two 2000- thousand 10, like, sorry, the show does, like, I think Fox kept it around as a favorite of J.J. Abrams. Like, it moved too slowly. There were great characters, great premises, and like typical J.J. Abrams shit, it's brought up and not addressed for years at a time.
3: (laughs) Years. Yeah, great cast on it, though. Uh, It's uh, Anna Torv, Josh Jackson, John Noble- um, who you've all seen Leonard Nimoy as the, the... <laughs> no John Noble has eaten a tomato in the most disgusting fashion oh right for yes <laughs> years now and we should all appreciate him from <laughs> fucking Return of the King I was a Kirk Acevedo and Lance Reddick and oh love Kirk yeah. well.
0: uh and uh
3: Leonard Nimoy. Yes. I was
0: referencing the... That's
3: that's two segments for Nimoy this week.
0: The unbeatable rant from Jim Jeffries on guns. A great Australian perspective on Americans' worship of guns. But his show, Legit, airs on FX, and I thought this show was fantastic. Really, really good. Co-starring DJ Qualls. It's partially semi-autobiographical, and then it just involves a lot of handicapped people. A lot of handy-capable people. Oh. DJ Qualls is in a wheelchair. Uh, a very dirty, weird show with a lot of handicapped people that doesn't you know, make fun of them or anything like that, but just some of the most depraved shit I've ever seen. I think his father is played by... Uh, yeah.
3: uh, That's why I'm making this face. I just saw whose father's played by. Yeah. George Lazenby. George Lazenby
0: pa- plays so his father.
3: James Bond who took over for Sean Connery and mm-hmm. failed horribly.
0: It's three seasons. Who is
3: secretly Australian. No one even realized it at the time. That is amazing
0: three seasons 10 episodes each i find it highly underrated i'm gonna guess it's on hulu i don't have the hulu anymore but i really will go to bat for legit i thought i thought it was really good but i'm a big jim jeffries fan so maybe if you're not steer clear Uh, i don't want to go off too much on this the the next show that debuts this week is kroll show on Uh um Comedy Central. I do love the original title even better than the Nick Show Kroll, which I think was the t- original <laughs> title of it. Nick Kroll is a character-based genius. He is awesome. And this is the Chappelle Show model, like building a sketch yeah. comedy series off of a single voice or a single comedian. This is in the upper levels around Key and Peel. This is where the Oh Hello Guys... They had been around before <laughs> with John Mulaney, uh George St. Geland, and uh, I forget the other guy's name, uh, but this was the Oh Hello Guys got the shine. The Canadian sitcom that is just so fucking weird and impenetrable in language. The Kroll Show is pretty, I've not even seen all of it, but like I had to like bootleg the episodes I did see. It's very, very funny. It's on the upper tier of those shows, way above Mind of Mencia and Nick Swartzen's Pretend Time, whatever you want to yeah. call this. Uh, yeah, this
3: one, I, I always really, I like Nick Kroll, I kept meaning to watch it, because every time I'd catch it, or just catch a sketch, or just a clip, I would laugh myself sick. His whole, you know, his, like, influencer-type characters, like, he,
0: he the does some service?
3: really... Yes. It is a really convincing, horrible women character.
0: Yes.
2: Oh, <laughs> yes. Some... The PR is He has basic
3: bitches like nobody's business.
0: Yeah. Nick Kroll is amazing. Uh, and, and I am guess you can see this on Paramount Plus if it's a Comedy huh. Central show. So huh. check it out there. Why don't we move on to the 70th Glo- Golden Globes? Do we have a host this time? We Tita do. Tina Fey and yes. The... the
3: first time. This and they murder.
0: One of the best monologues of all time. Yeah. Fantastic. They're
3: they're just incredible. Yeah. No, this was a memorable year because they gave Jodie Foster the Lifetime Achievement Award Hell and yeah. she kept starting sentences like she was about to come out. And then right. would end the sentences with not coming out. <laughs> and she... it was Really annoying.
0: She's always been that Jim Neighbors type where everybody knows this. Even casual people know. know this. I know yeah. this from falling in love with her and like, ah, shit, she doesn't like men. No. Whatever. I guess I'll just admire her from afar. Like, I should, instead of trying to impress her by shooting the president.
3: Hmm. which well, I mean, if you wanted to shoot Reagan to impress her, you could do it now.
0: You think so? <laughs> <laughs> and she'd come. Yes. That, that was pretty impressive. This is my Jodie Foster, by the way. I'm debuting it right here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of impressive thank you uh why is she southern i don't know argo wins best drama look at that jr you win les Miz wins best musical comedy at the golden globes uh, beating, this is
3: some bullshit
0: beating out my favorites salmon fishing in yemen no beating up moonrise kingdom which i just remember amy Pollard's monologue wes anderson is here which he rode in a vehicle made of antique tuba parts it still makes me laugh Daniel Day-Lewis takes it for Lincoln in a drama uh, Jessica Chastain, Zero Dark Thirty Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Silver Linings Playbook and Hugh Jackman and Les Mis for musical comedy blah blah blah
3: I, that actually doesn't bother me that much. I think he's really good in it. Right. It's just the mo- the movie itself sucks. And Anne Hathaway also wins for Lee Miz and Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained.
0: Yes. So,
3: these are mostly following the Oscars here. Or the Oscars are following this. Uh, ben Affleck wins Best Director for Argo. Uh, Quentin Tarantino wins Screenplay for Django Unchained. Uh, and, then, uh, and then TV, uh, Homeland and Girls. They kind of dominate each of those two categories.
0: Indeed. Indeed they do. Homeland. Ooh, boy, was our love totally misspent on that show. Don Cheadle winning for House of Lies, a show I've never seen one frame of. On... I hate. Is this the time where I could say I hate Showtime shows? They're all bad. All of hmm. them. Every single one. They start strong, get real bad. Uh, Lena Dunham wins for girls. Kevin Costner in the Hatfields and the McCoys. Julian Moore in change game. Ed Harris, er, or game change. Ed Harris wins for that too. Blah, 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 blah. I'm bored. Then we can move on to the video games of... 2013, including one I worked on, the 2013, January 13th through the 19th, we have DMC Devil May Cry is out this Ooh. week. Oh. A game the Devil May Cry fan base was incredibly cruel to. And I kept <laughs> bothering everyone in the company. We need to shoot a video set in the 80s that says uh, there's a new Mega Man game out. And like, but his suit is white. Like, bullshit! Mega Man doesn't have a white suit. This game's going to suck dick. I'm going to I'm going to give death threats to the game developers and ruin the fan community that this company bothered to put up for you, which is a now shut down because it's pointless. It, it, <laughs> and then the game comes out and it's like, "This is a flawless amazing game and can I just remember like, well, it's not it's not the Dante I like." I'm like, well, "Who's your favorite Batman? Well, Christian Bale? What about Michael Keaton, he's pretty cool, too. Look what you just did there. Look what you just did. This can happen. There can be separate versions
2: of the same character. My big question, Chris, is this the game where they answer the central mystery to the series?
0: Will the devil cry? Yes, will no, the devil
2: no. cry? No. Not in this <laughs> no, he will not cry, or no, they don't answer but the what But what this
0: does do is take... I have no greater way to say this. Like it's developed by a Western developer, Ninja Theory, with who at the time were like the first uh, one of the first video game developers to use motion capture technology. So you get like real great actor performances. And they're also really good at certain aspects of the gameplay. So I found the combos and the performances and the style like hilarious and just it holds up so much better than something like Devil May Cry 4. I love Devil May Cry 5, but I like DMC even better than that. But it was really shit on by the community and I think initially wasn't met very warmly by fans, was met warmly by critics uh, big time. Sorry to talk so much about this, it's just personal. Final Fantasy, all the bravest on iOS is a, another final, I think one of 80 Final Fantasy games Square would pull the plug on eventually.
2: My public service announcement for this episode: do not buy this game. Okay. <laughs> this is the type of freemium game that people use as an example for why freemium games should not exist. Okay. Yeah. You play about 29 different Final Fantasy characters in this game. At the same time. And all those characters are attacking some end boss, but you don't get to choose who goes into the fight. You don't get to choose what equipment they use. This game essentially plays itself, and it wants you to buy random packs of characters in the hope that you will get the character from Final Fantasy you like, but that's not guaranteed.
0: Yeah, sounds pretty consistent with Square.
2: And as much Mm -hmm. as you try and
0: warn people about this, they keep doing it, because I imagine people put enough money into it to finance a one-year life cycle of a live game. Speaking of, I don't have a ton of affection for this series, but I played, a, I think, a ridiculous amount of ripoffs of it. Temple Run 2 hits iOS. It's an endless runner, and I think would define a pretty major and substantial genre on iOS after a while.
2: This was the highest-grossing Apple game of 2000. You, you can see why, because um, yeah. you, you
0: have agency and control, but you're essentially tapping left and right not on like a 3d sonic Mm -hmm. fast moving area to steer so you're doing you're you're controlling the game because this whole period is is ios finding it really difficult to make traditional games playable on a touch screen
2: still sucks because touch screen controls suck Mm -hmm. left center or straight are easy decisions to make on a touch screen Mm -hmm. and that's all the decisions you have to make in this game, and I can tell you that it works on little kids. It's like, okay, I'm doing this for a while. It's it's a classic in its genre for a reason. I think uh, this game still holds up, and this game received an update on August 22nd of this year. Wow, There's been a Temple Run that? three. There has not been a Temple Run three. They just keep updating this game. I think
0: when they promoted Apple Arcade a few years ago, this was one of the games they like led with. Yeah, and it's yeah. here. It is the game you want. And also this week we have Tokyo Crash Mobs, a 3DS puzzle game out
2: on Nintendo 3DS, where you it's full of Japanese wacky niche. So remember that craze for flash mobs. Boy, imagine! Do I, huh?
0: I remember being bored of that meme on
2: the internet. Yeah, imagine a puzzle game where you control a flash mob. That's what this game is.
0: Huh. All hey, right. Hey. Interesting. Um, we're just about done with the show. We're going to tell you who died, who are the great people who we lost during this period of 30 2010? and uh, we'll have a little quiz you can play along with who was born. I believe I'm dominating, even though I know Diana won last week. Pat No, Benatar. I think you did. No, no. you got the Pat Benatar. Pat
3: Benatar, yep. There aren't um, a lot of female rockers. It's it's not right.
0: Uh, I am go- I'm, I'm not only going to plug something. I'm going to tell you something for 30 2010 fans. I think you're going to find hilarious, uh, including my co-hosts. Well, listen to listen to all the Laser Time shows and Patreon.com/slash Laser Time. Five bucks. There's at least going to be like three or four free or like. uh shows for your five bucks this week uh including some really wonderful stuff i did with jr and um steve guntley and diana and and jared it hollenbeck oh my god i hate having to pronounce his name and then video game apocalypse this week we'll be doing i think something silly with kind of inspired by something jr pointed out to me i should tell you about that because I haven't mentioned it to you yet. And then I just also just wanted to say, like, Sarah keeps texting me. That's why I keep giving you updates from It's Me, Sarah. She's not dead. She's still my one of my best friends. And I was like, well, we should see Pinocchio. I'm like, we should. And she also just said, also, for reasons I can't describe, I'm watching all of The Critic. And I love it. Yay! And what? Aww. And I was like, wow, what a great way to relive 1993 to 95 without doing a podcast with me. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 it's It really will make you feel... I feel like the critic is primarily responsible for me feeling like these movies were so fucking important. Because uh-huh. it... Oh, goodness gracious. die! what about you?
3: And you can find me on the Twitter at Listen Nerd L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. Or follow the show at 302010podcast. It's 302010 podcast coming up next week oh the competition heats up for the worst movie we're ever going to talk about
0: <laughs> i don't even know what she's talking about but i'm excited and uh, this
3: one is star studded and hugh jackman's there and he's got balls hanging off his chin he's oh Ball
0: shit <laughs> i know what it is now on,
3: Chitty, and we also have a really good bad movie starring jeremy renner hope he gets better uh and <laughs> like we said we're also chicago and on top of that george clooney's directorial debut
2: Oh, dude, what a great film. And, and and we get the most disastrous attempt at starting a fifth television network of all time. Ooh! Oh. We get the release of the most famous jiggle physics game of all time.
3: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and
2: we get the release of a Studio Ghibli project that most of you have probably never heard of. Mm. Ooh.
0: Ooh, I'm intrigued, because I don't know what JR's talking no. about, necessarily. All right. Well, who died during this period of 30-20-10 time? Well, in
3: 1993, we lost Sammy Kahn, who was 79. Khan! He
0: wrote Sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of songs you associate with, like, the Rat Pack, Ain't That a Kick in the Head, Come Fly With Me, but also Let Us Know, Let Us Know, Let Us Know.
0: Ooh. Let hits yeah. now.
3: And... Yep. it's okay. <laughs> One of those guys that's just like, he churned out so many songs, and you're like, oh, that's him, and that's him, and that one? okay Crazy. then in 2003 we lost richard krenna who was 76 i remember trying to because he was kind of a hey it's that guy i remember when i saw that i was like oh richard krenna died and michael said who is that and i said rambo's boss and he's <laughs> like
2: oh, oh yeah boss died got it whoa
3: son of a bit i mean he's also in wait until dark and body flamingo kid but it and he's really fun in hot shots part Deh, but yeah <laughs> Rambo's co which we'll okay. talk
2: about this year
3: oh Ooh, yeah gosh. And then in 2013, we lost uh, Pauline Phillips, a.k.a. Abigail Van Buren, a.k.a. the original Dear Abby, who was wow. 94. Wow. She wow. stopped writing the column in about 2000 because she was starting to have symptoms of Alzheimer's and her daughter picked it up and writes it to this day.
2: It started in 1956.
0: Wow. wow. I'm actually uncl- yes. I've never read it. Like, what do you ask her?
2: I read it uh, growing oh, up. Yeah. It's, you know, it's everything. It's Dear Abby, uh, my boyfriend came home with a blonde hair and I have red hair. What should I do? Dear Abby, I'm feeling unattractive. What should I do? See, yeah. this is why I skip straight to Hagar the Horrible every single time. <laughs> no time for that. Shit. All right. If that's who died, it's time for the
1: birthday quiz.
0: Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding dong doodly doo ding dong
2: doo Turning an even 75, still with us, knock on wood, although he is retired. Born January 16, 1948, in Carthage, New York. The age of my dad. Technically, he did not, not win an Oscar in 1970 for his short film, but that is only because his school received the Oscar credit for his film. Hmm. <laughs> he did not want to work on Top Gun because he thought the idea was stupid. Wasn't he also turned wrong. down Fatal Attraction because he thought it was highly unoriginal.
0: So it's a director we're talking
2: about here. Yes. Okay. Mm. Okay, 75 and retired. Uh, so if I start with his 86 movies, you'll both get it. So, mm. I'm going to start well, he with made the more
3: instead of Top Gun. Yes. Okay. So,
2: I'm going to start with his most recent movies that we've talked about. Mm. Ghost of Mars. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Hi- yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> John Carpenter was offered Top
0: Gun? Oh, that would yep. be a much better movie. What a film that would have been. Oh uh, my yeah.
3: god, that would have been amazing.
2: Yeah, intentionally but, gay.
3: And Fatal Attraction would have been <laughs> very strange.
2: Mm-hmm. So films of his we've talked about includes Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, They Live, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, Village of the Dam, Escape from L.A., Vampires, Ghost of Mars. I don't like vampires.
0: Liked Ghost of Mars. John Carpenter is the shit. Wonderful. But
2: I I couldn't name anything he's done without it being Uh an instant, oh, of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Most recently, He he... Talk shit about the Halloween producers. <laughs> <And> like...
1: <laughs>
3: yep. That's what he do. He he talks shit about producers, writes music on his keyboard, and plays video games. He
0: plays music live with a cigarette in his hand and queuing stuff. It, it's like so ballsy, I want to see it so bad. I want to give him all the money. I love John Carpenter. <laughs> God, I want to be smoking when I'm 78. Same as 75. 75. Yeah. 75.
3: 75. Hey, John Carpenter. John, Watch
0: Carpenter. A John Carpenter movie. Do it. Watch the Elvis John Carpenter movie. Nobody does that. Um, oh,
3: yeah. The the made for TV one. Is that Kurt Russell?
0: It is Kurt Russell.
3: Playing, yeah, he's pretty good.
0: Yeah, he's not a bad Elvis. But I know this isn't the time or the place, but I really did like Boss Lorman's Elvis.
3: I to <laughs> yeah I did. it's so
0: bad shit it's wonderful yeah thank you folks for joining us on thirty twenty ten. maybe tell a friend about the show maybe sign up for our patreon patreon.com slash time time gives five bucks there's hundreds of things there for you to enjoy a lot of it 30 2010 focused and with that out of the way what are we going to close out with this week time
3: I was thinking some Annie Lennox walking on broken glass has been sitting on the charts for months and I hadn't gotten around to it. And I remember it having a fun dangerous liaisons video with John Malkovich in it. And I totally forgot Hugh Laurie's in it too.
0: God, that's so cool. When you hear a song on the radio for years and you like this has the celebrities in it. Oh, fun. (laughs) So much fun. Yes. I love this song walking on broken glass. Thank you guys so much for listening. Annie Lennox, take us out. We'll see you next week.
1: Since you were there